So naturally, let's talk about this song. Yes. Yes. <laughs> burn <laughs> it down. Burn it burn down. Burn it down. Yes. The first single off of my album, Vinny Vidi Vici. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I love, it's such a catchy, stick in your head, you know, mm-hmm. song. Um, and I love to dance, you know. I, I took, you know, dance and it was like, you know, cheerleading and dance, you know, ever since I was a little girl. And, right. you know, being that type of person and very energetic that this song being the first single, I think, really reflects that. Okay. You, you wrote know? this song, right? I did. I, I'm writing all the songs. Um, yeah, that's, that's unique. Nowadays. On my album. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I have um, some help on some of, you know, the features. So, mm-hmm. um, Frizzy, mm-hmm. uh, Harvey Daniels, who is... Uh, probably one of the most amazing people I've ever met. Right. Um, he's just such a beautiful soul inside and out. And he is crazy talented. And he's also one of the most nice, sweet, down to earth people. So right. he's really great to spend all this time with. And we spend a lot of time together. I call him my music husband because <laughs> we're always together. And he is on a lot of songs with me. You know, um, some parts are just like these smaller features and the right. other ones are larger features. Right. And a few that we have kicking in the writing and the works for the album are kind of like um, J-Lo, Ja Rule, J-Lo, Pitbull kind of fun. That's so, interesting. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, yeah. So it, I think the album's going to be very um Eclectic. Okay. I'm, I'm also um, revisiting some of the songs that I did in the recording studio 10 years ago. Wow. And I'm considering putting um, a few of those on this album as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, if I am correct, you were kind of nudged back into music, right? Is that right? <laughs> yes. Speaking of Frizzy. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, um, you know, I've been, I've been involved in music since I... Um, as an artist professionally stepped away 10 years ago when I, I left, um, I had a record contract and I and I stepped away from that and came back to Pittsburgh. And, you know, I've always still been involved in music, but more like on the business end. Sure. And, sure. you know, then I did like the whole I Love Black and Gold thing. So then, <laughs> crazy we'll enough, <laughs> and unexpectedly, music and sports came into play, right? Nothing Which, wrong with that. Not this town. <laughs> apparently, it was, you know, it worked, right? And, no question. Um, but, you know, I, I was always in it in the um, in the business aspect, you know, for um, for my day job, you right. know, was you know, um, doing with Three Rivers Entertainment and production and running, you know, um, the music division, you know, there with our CEO and still singing in one of our bands. So right. I was still singing, but I was doing, you know, more of the corporate kind of style thing and um, just kind of laying low a little bit, if you will. And um, I got kind of poked back into it mm-hmm. because after I was put in a book called The Legendary Locals of Latrobe yeah, a few years ago. Stole my thunder there. Was I was on next. I, I well, right in there. Yeah, yeah, well, well, we'll, we'll circle back around. Exactly, exactly. Okay. But I um, I looked at this book and mm-hmm. I went, oh my God, like they had in there like all these, you know, accolades that they believed that were credible enough to put me in this book. That's great. And I'm looking at this though and I'm going, now what are you going to do? <laughs> you know? And so I got this idea um, to work on the Still Proud Project was, um, you know, to to write a song that right. encompasses all of our accolades as a city in our history, you know, from, you know, um, from our blue collar roots all right. the way transitioning through our renaissance and what the city is becoming, which the city is just 
incredible and, and, you, and exploding. And be Pittsburgh's first rock anthem, right? Yes, a rock like a We of the World rock style of okay. Pittsburgh. Okay. And um, you know, and it was hard. It's been it's been three years in the making. And um, my dear friend Jimmy Hoyson, six time Grammy Award winning mm-hmm. record producer, um, he's been in the thick of this with me. You know. Um, uh, since day one, and he, you know, he he brought his Grammy over to my house and set it on my. <laughs> the stuff that happens in Natalie's kitchen, like I'm telling you, it's it's crazy. Some of the like visitors and and stuff I've had there, I should that's have a, had. That's a sitcom. Uh, yeah, it totally <laughs> is. Like I should have had everyone like sign my island. You know, it's like. But um, he brought his Emmy or Emmy his Grammy over, and and we sat there, and I said, okay, I've got these lyrics. I want you to check it out, and he, you know helped me like kind of fine tune a couple of things and said let's do this and by me doing that with him a couple years later he ended up getting connected with the vault recording studio that's up here in neville island so bob mccutcheon um and jimmy up there at the vault incredible (laughs) people i mean the nicest people that you would want to work with and so talented and so so skilled and and um i've been so blessed to to have them in my life and and to meet them and for them to let me go up there and run around and you know be crazy (laughs) and from there invade the studio invade this totally take over yeah total it's a total natalie invasion yeah Yeah, it's like the beatles it's natalie invasion of neville island (laughs) yeah so um but there's not too much neville island to invade so it's it works there's not a whole lot of me either i'm little so it's okay (laughs) fair enough (laughs) but you know i um from being up there um, and being involved with them, right? Um, you know, I um, and through some other mutual friends got to know and uh, befriend uh, the one, the only Smokey Robinson. Mm, how about that? How about that? Uh, right? Sometimes I have to pinch myself, you know, <laughs> and um, uh, talk about another incredible human being. And you know, mm. and uh, so getting to know him is very inspirational. And he's supposed to be just as good of a man as he is a singer. Is that he one hundred percent is. That's rare. He one hundred percent is. Right. I mean, right. the whole full circle. I mean, mm-hmm. cameras off. Mm-hmm. Him just Gen- lounging around. I mean, you will never meet a more genuine, lovely, beautiful person than Smokey. And and then from there came Frizzy. So, um, you know, this song, I wanted to feature a lot of different Pittsburgh icons and everybody on it because, you know, it's not all about me. It's sure. about our city. Sure, and sure. no one's ever done that before. Yeah, not only yeah. to, you know, write a song about all of our, you know, our, our accolades and everything that we are from music and entertainment and sports and our neighborhoods right. and what it means to be from Pittsburgh. Right. And, um, I wanted to feature all of these different icons and everything mm-hmm. on it. And I was actually at rehearsals for the Steeler-style fashion show when we were at Heinz Field, and I was talking to to Greta Rooney about this. And um, I sang the chorus for her, and she goes, Natalie, like this is really good. Like, this is <laughs> really good. <laughs> Jimmy Hoyson introduced me to Frizzy, mm-hmm. and we were sitting there talking about the Still Proud Project because I wanted to feature Frizzy on this, being an Emmy Award-winning rapper from Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, he's got a lot of other exciting things coming down the pipeline for the fall mm-hmm. and some other big music awards. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything or not. but You're Probably not. Um, I'm very excited for him. I'll put it that way. Um, but regardless, um, we were sitting there in a meeting, and it was the first time he ever met me. And we're talking, and you know, we're talking music, we're talking the song, and right. you know, um, past experience in the industry and everything else. And uh, he stood up, and he's like, you know, <laughs> they call me the king of Pittsburgh, and they the city gave him like his day and his right. parade for right. his great, amazing awards and well deserved. And he's like, you, you're the fucking queen. 
what are you doing? What the hell are you doing? I will you re- retire, retire my ass, you know? <laughs> and he's like, you you know, you need to do this, you know, uh, you need to do this. And he poked, he poked the bear. Because you were done, right? I mean, in terms of, uh, yeah, in, in your mind, anyways. I just, I man, I thought I was coming home to get married and have babies. Like that's, <laughs> I, you know, like I thought that was like the intention and the plan, and right, um, right, that, right. that didn't work out, you know. So I, I, uh, I, why not go back into something that you know well, and that you love? Let let me um, let's stay current for the moment because yeah. we are going to do the deep dive here. Sorry, it's what we do here. Oh, so geez. get ready. Okay. Um, okay. But let's stay current for a minute. So let's talk about Nat Around Town. Is that yes. Right? Yeah, that's because I uh, I like impromptu video. I like yeah. short vignettes to tell stories, you know, and you're right. wrapped right up in this. So how? whose idea was it? Mine. Okay, what's your idea? Yeah. All right, I believe you. Yeah. I believe you. It's really good, I have to say. Thank um, you. Yeah, from my standpoint, it's very good. So what is the overall idea? How many are you doing a month? Is there, are you, are, do you do it based on field? Do you have a schedule? How, what is this? Well, it's been, it's been a growing experience, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, the ins and outs, but I, um, so my home base was Myrtle Beach, South Carolina and Charleston, South Carolina, mm-hmm. um, for most, well, all of my adult life, aside from the almost now 10 years that I've been back here. Right. So, right, right, right. um, you know, it's my home away from home. It's my second home. And when I was down there, you know, they have a television station called Beach TV. And my girlfriend, Julie, uh, used to be one of the hosts. I used to use her fake ID. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty fun. I love Julie V. She's beautiful. Um, but uh, see, the secret's out now. It is out. It's okay. I think we're all old enough now to let it go. But <laughs> so, I, don't know I am. <laughs> well, but um, but anyway, uh, you know, Pittsburgh. You know, I noticed that we don't have anything like that. And you know, we're voted on all these lists. You know, for you know being uh, the most livable city so many times, mm-hmm. and then Bon Appetit magazine with all of our restaurants right. and. We're really transitioning into this destination place now. Okay. And there's nothing like this that's non-vanilla, that's fun, you know, and um, can sort of inform, you know, educate and activate Pittsburgh and all of its visitors, right? And Mm -hmm. since my tenure here and being back here in the city, I have been so lucky like just such a blessed girl to have met the most incredible different people in mm-hmm. all different fields like philanthropic right. different events that i've done as one of pittsburgh's 50 finest mm-hmm. and you know doing all these large events by the way class of 2016 thank you thank you mm-hmm. thank you thank you and um you know that was that was great getting to be informed and educated on cystic fibrosis yeah. and it's a horrific disease and mm-hmm. um I, I still try to stay involved as much as i can so um, but you know, uh, you know, with that, you know, doing all these large events for Three Rivers Entertainment in the business end, you know, all the networking I've got, you know, an opportunity to do, and then be at some of these galas and all the oh, big yeah. things happening around town. Oh, yeah. Being a musician, so right, like I right, know right. all the musicians and the bands, and then the people that own the venues and Rick Jurgle and all those guys, and they're so we awesome become venue. all these buddies, you know. And then me being involved in all the sports stuff, it's like I've got to know so many, um, you know, of the different, you know, players and owners right. and. Um, you know, Jimmy Sacco uh, that manages and runs Heinz Field. I mean, what an incredible person he is. I mean, he was such a huge mentor, you know, for me. And um, I have a I have a team of these mentors, you know, th- here in the city. And uh, they're all Italian men, which is funny because <laughs> they're, they're, they're my buddies, you know. And 
I'm sure people could view that and go, hmm, it seems a little weird, but it's really not because I'm right. one of the boys. And right. I've learned so much from them because they always say that you should surround yourself with those that you want to be like and mm-hmm. that you look up to. And Especially your top five, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so with me getting to know all of these incredible people and them for whatever reason, being kind enough to take me under their wings right. and, you know, go, okay, little bird, you know, come with <laughs> us and, you know, we'll teach you. And right. um, I've got to see the city in this incredible, like, behind-the-scenes way right. that most people don't. I mean, I've been in the tunnel, you know, um, mm-hmm. with the Steelers, you know, before the games. And um, funny enough, the last billboard for the Pittsburgh Dental Spa was shot in the PNC um, oh, yeah? Yeah, tunnel. Yeah, in the baseball tunnel. <laughs> I drove past 60 today, and I'm like, hey, hey, yeah. hey. Yeah, not hey, that one. It was hey. the one before that when oh, I was really? blonde in the jungle. Yeah, but it was <laughs> it was literally me in a bathing suit, one. in a bathing suit, standing in PNC Park. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I know, right? It's crazy. But it's the truth. It's true. That's where it was shot. So Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, so I've got to do all these really cool things. Right. And, you know, the people that, um, you know, operate, you know, Heinz Hall and get to see these, you know, mm. uh, old culture um, featured, you know, theaters and everything right. from the It's been an education stage. for you about the city, Yes, right? it has. So I've become so educated about our city. And I never thought moving back here that I would fall in love with Pittsburgh. You know, I did not live here as, an, as a young adult. I right. did not. You know, I was traveling and touring. And then, mm-hmm. you know, again, my home base was um, South Carolina. So, right. um, so with my home base in South Carolina... I didn't get to experience, you know, everything as a young adult. So I had to kind of reestablish that, you know, and get Catch to up. know my city. Yeah. And the craziest thing happened. I just, I fell in love and the city of Pittsburgh became my boyfriend. You know, it's like <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw when she fell in love with New York, you know. And and so I have a love for this city and its people. Mm. And, um, you know, I think more than anything, it's from what lies in here in mm. me. Um, you know, being born and raised, you know, here and, and blue collar. Um, let's go there. Let's 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 go back over. Yeah. Way. So you are a product of Latrobe. Latrobe. Thank you for saying I, it. Yeah, exactly. I was I was instructed that I had to say it that way. <laughs> Latrobe. <laughs> so talk about Latrobe. Yeah. Oh, so I I was born and raised uh, out there and. Um, out there. Out there. <laughs> I guess it'd be over there because it's to there. the east, right? Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. I guess so. So um, who knows? But uh, yeah, it was it, it was funny, you know. It it was a it was a really different way, um, you know, to grow up. I mean, it's a it was cool. I mean, it's kind of you know, Latro, you know, especially back in those days, it's like Mayberry. You know, in the best way possible. I mean, we used to run around and play, you know, tag and, you know, play with my cousins and go swimming and just, right. it was just all about growing up in the country, bicycle rides and, you know, I mean, my- Cow tipping? Uh, no, you know, I never went cow tipping. <laughs> I never went I, cow I don't tipping. even know what that is. It's, I, I, I hear it's a thing and we used to go corning. sounds funny to me. We used to go corning. What's that? On Halloween, you know, where you th- corn people's houses and stuff. Oh, That's so corn. terrible, That's, ter- that's terrible. I, know, I was such a good kid too, but I-, I did. Well, I mean, do you mean like ears of corn? <laughs> Well, no, you, you have to shell the corn first. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. It's like a projectile. Okay. Well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, then there's, you know, beer bottles and road signs and just, you know. Okay. You were born in the country, <laughs> man. you got to make your there's own fun. There's nothing to do. Right? There's nothing to do. There is nothing to there's do. You nothing have to, to... I was an only child, and then you had to make your own fun, and this is what we did. And, but we grew up on Rolling Rock beer and field parties right, and right, after right. high school football games. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it was, it was really – that was really cool. I mean – the crazy part is is that um, I never really fully fit in and belong 
mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, as far as what um, was in my heart, you know, I've always been more of a um, of a city girl, you know, mm-hmm. kind of trapped in a country world, you know. Even when you never knew what the city was, you just didn't feel like you belonged there? And yeah, since day one. Since day one. Okay. I mean, um, I've always been who I am, uh, which is kind of crazy to say, but really, you know, the older I get and the more I reflect and look back, I go, ah. You know, um, I came out of the womb being a performer, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think there was only maybe a year at most out of my childhood, maybe around the age of like four or five, Mm -hmm. um, that I wanted to ever do anything else other than being a singer. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And funny enough, being a singer was the safer career choice. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. So, I, what was what was childhood like in in, in Latrobe? Outside of you know the corning, whatever that means, or whatever you're vandalizing people in Latrobe. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Do we have to put that in there? I put that on the record. <laughs> I never did that. I'm such she an angel. She didn't vandalize I'm anybody. I'm such an angel. Beer no, bottle. She didn't say beer bottle. I'm just you know, <laughs> just joking. Just joking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. So again, so the only other thing I ever wanted to do um, besides singing yeah. uh, is for about a year, I wanted to be a Shamu's trainer. <laughs> I was obsessed with going to SeaWorld. Like, my poor father. Like, I used to wake him up, like, every morning and, like, can we go? Can we go? Can we go? Can we go? Yeah. You know? And, you know, and so funny enough, again, like, the, it ended up, we were, uh, this is a funny story. We were, um, we were, I was with the band In the Mood, my the corporate band that, um, that I sang with uh, here for Three Rivers Entertainment. Right. And, uh, we were on our way to a gig in Indianapolis, and and it was me and Nick, Erica, and and Steez, and we came up on this conversation of, if you weren't an entertainer, like what else would you have done? And um, <laughs> the funniest answers, and you know, I told everybody mine. Well, it was the same week. God bless it that um, that poor woman. I mean, died. Oh yeah. Right? yeah and my band yeah. looked at me, and they're like. <laughs> Who'd have thought that, that being a singer was Ouch. the safer career choice? And yeah, I'm like, no doubt. Dear Lord, you're right. Yeah, you know? I remember that. Um, I remember that. Yeah, I know. Oh my gosh. That's terrific. So now I think about it, it gives me the heebie jeebies. But um, yeah, you yeah. Think? So I'm glad I was a singer. So yeah. So growing up, um, you know, growing up out there was um, was was great. And you know, I have. Um, you know, I have a, a really wonderful family. I, I love them very, very much. You mm-hmm. know, um, we're very different. You know, um, you know, but in a lot of ways, we're very alike. And um, it wasn't always easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, I think a lot of people, Eric, you know, kind of see me and and assume, you know, which people do. That's mm-hmm. what they do. You know, and, and so it's what we do. I've worked very hard my entire life, and you know, um, I'm a fashionista. I love fashion, mm-hmm. and uh, what's the common word now? Is it bougie or something? Bougie, oh, bougie, <laughs> bougie, bougie. I was half right, right? I'm only half bougie though. That's what's kind of funny. I'm about learning. Me. I'm a mix. I'm, I'm learning. Again, I told you I've been the same girl my whole life. I was. I'm a Gemini, right? Okay. And so it's. I've always been. You know. You know. Devil angel. No. Uh, yes. Actually. <laughs> but um, you know. Uh, you know. Rock and roll. Let's get married and have babies and family is the most important thing, you know. Yeah, but let's tour and let's don't mix though. Yeah, sex, drugs, rock and roll, family. You know, it's <laughs> who Church are you? family. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, D all the above. No. Um <laughs> kidding. But you know, but I've always kind of, you know, struggled with that because of the two different, I guess, sides of my personality. Sure. And sure. and the way that people sort of view me is they kind of just see what they see mm-hmm. and assume I think that, you know, oh, I bet she grew up, you know, with a silver spoon. Mm-hmm. Or um, uh, you know, 
never really, you know, maybe faced any real problems or, you know, had to struggle or go through anything. And, um, and that's absolutely 100% wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I came from nothing. I, I, I grew up in a single wide mobile home. Um, my twin bed had to be literally like cut in half even to be able to fit in my little bedroom. Wow. And, um, you know, and my, my dad, uh, God bless him. He's the hardest working man I've ever met. I think that's where I, um, I get that, you know, hardworking, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, that's where I get it from. And, uh, I like get choked up when I think about it, but you know, they, they fought for everything that they had. And my right. mom was a homemaker, so she raised me, right. you know, and you know, my mom loved to sing and, um, you know, uh, we would, we would sing, you know, all the time together, like in the kitchen, she would put on like Carly Simon and um, I used to sit stuff. in front of her, her, the freezer and, you know, listen to my mom sing and um, yeah, and the Judds, we used to always do, you know, Winona and Naomi Judd and funny enough, our relationship is a lot like them. Like the Judds. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, okay. very fiery, very, you know, um, very <laughs> feisty. Yeah. Um, but bittersweet and, um, but my parents, um, you know, God bless them. The truth of the matter is, is that, you know, they probably should have separated a long time ago. You know, they, um, and I, I, I share this because if, you know, if it can help anybody that was like me, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. that, you know, um, or even that's maybe even the parent and not the kid, you know, either way, but, um, it's hard on your children when you when you're fighting all the time, you know, and hardcore and, you know, mm. sometimes you don't mean to, but, you know, your kids get brought into it, you know, and it can become all about all consuming and then all about the two of you versus your your child, you know, like the well-being for me was always taken care of. I and mean, don't right. hear what I'm not saying. I right, mean, I, right. I never wanted for anything, um, you know, even the little that we had was stretched a long ways and I had a, a, a lovely childhood. I mm. really did. But... Um, but it was hard to to grow up in that environment, you know, constant fighting and 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 bad. And um, you know, in order to escape from that, I found music. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I guess in a way it was you know both you know a a curse and a blessing, as they say. And um, yeah, but I I would lock myself in my bedroom. <laughs> for hours just to escape it and and blast the television or you know and that was right. my culture that was the tv was like my window to the world you mm-hmm. know like you know what do you want to be when you grow up pick something <laughs> you know and uh and i used to watch elvis presley and elvis became my hero because you know he came from nothing right and i used to think oh my gosh like so just because I come from nothing doesn't mean I can't be something someday. Mm-hmm. And so I, I looked up to him and not only that, but he was an electrifying performer right, and his right, voice right. is crazy good. And mm-hmm. so, you know, he became my hero, my idol. And, um, you know, between that and, um, you know, watching the movie Eddie and the Cruisers <laughs> when I was five years old, man, when I saw that movie, it was it was over. It was over. <laughs> it was completely over. I remember that. That was like 1984 or something yeah yeah and uh that was a big movie oh i was so in love with him i mean (laughs) when i was five i was in love with michael perret um who played you know eddie wilson and eddie and the cruisers um robert downey jr Mm -hmm. um john stamos and rob lowe (laughs) john stamos yeah and and a little bit of charlie sheen do you think i had a thing for like bad boys yeah you think you think especially that last guy i mentioned there (laughs) 
<laughs> I know, but I was five. What did I know? Well, who else were your influences? Wow, back um, then, man, definitely uh, growing up in that in that era. Um, you know, Cher. I love Cher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Madonna. I saw you. I, you did a. You did an impersonation of Cher, a Cher right? I uh, saw a video of that. It was oh my like, god, that was amazing. Well, thank you. <laughs> that um, was good. I mean, no, it, it, you close your eyes, it was Cher, and uh, then you open up, and like you had the whole costume, and it was. I, you know what it was? It was for Fashion Alley last year. Yeah. It was a, um, with James Halk. Yeah, and our, mutual, Withrow, our mutual and, friends. Um, yes, yes, our mutual friends who are incredible. James is such an amazing, huge fashion designer. And what she said? Yeah, <laughs> and. Um, you know, they asked me to to host and perform for that, yeah. and it was you know for benefiting Children's Hospital. That was really good. Thank you. Yeah, that was really that was share. Thank you. <laughs> and well, the theme was Studio Fifty Four. Right, so, right, right, right. You know, I mean, I came out. They carried me. You know, six. You know, half naked men carrying me up on this thing. <laughs> you know, and and singing, and and it was. God, it was so much fun. And then I got to sing the Rolling Stones a little bit. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of influences. I saw so, that one, Gimme Shelter, right? That yeah, was Gimme Shelter, yeah. Yeah, that yeah was I a, saw that video too. That was a lot of fun. That was a I lot bet. of fun. And so my influences, yeah, I mean, the Stones are my favorite rock and roll band by far. Really? Oh, and why, why is that? Why is that? Um, I think because I'm a big blues fan. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of their music clearly is blues, American blues influenced. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love electrifying performers. That's why I love Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a big Tina fan that comes from my mom. A big Stones fan. All the music really that I love, 100% came from my mom and dad. I mean, they have great music taste. Great music taste. My mom's album collection, like I totally need to rob her. It's uh, it, so that's so rare because I would venture to say that most children look to their parents and their taste, and they go. Yeah, I know. Gag. Isn't it's that terrible. Weird? Isn't that my dad and I have an ongoing fight though? Okay. Because he's a big Beatles fan. Well, he, he's actually he's a big John Lennon fan. Okay. And tr- so am I. So yeah, am yeah. I. But that's not being a. You can be a John Lennon fan and not really be a Beatles fan. This is correct. So he's definitely more geared John Lennon. Got okay. It, got it. But um, you know, I love Elvis, and mm-hmm. so here's what's funny about what you're saying is that most parents usually like older music, and their kids are like, oh my gosh. No, in my house it was opposite. I was obsessed with the 1950s. So if wow. it was, yeah, Drifters, Coasters, Platters, um, Sam Cooke, oh, yeah. um, Solomon Burke, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, okay. uh, Everly Brothers, Righteous Brothers, I mean, you know, um, Frankie Avalon, The Four Seasons, I mean, all that, that I was obsessed. I Fun for me on a Friday night around the age of 12 and 13 before you were old enough to go out with your friends, really. Mm-hmm. I used to. So I, I I have OCD. I'm like such a I'm, I'm a clean freak, and so I used to rearrange my bedroom and and like clean. Okay. Yeah, I know for fun. At twelve. Yeah, for fun. Yeah, and, and they had very little to do in Latrobe. <laughs> no. Very little to do in Latrobe. I know, but the, you know, hey, what are you gonna do? And okay. so, but I used to jam out and like blast like the Everly Brothers wow. and the and everything else. And I used to love listening to um, like Three WS. Like that oh was my, my gosh, station. Yeah. That was my station. And my parents that would was yell a 50 at, station. I right? know. I mean, but as much as I love that, then the next day, you know, it'd be like Easter Sunday, and I would show up and walk outside the door, and my dad would look at me and go, "What the hell are you wearing?" Because I had all my clothes on backwards because I thought it was crisscross. Yeah. <laughs> Change your clothes. They're not going to your grandmother's looking like oh that. Oh my so gosh! So I loved everything, but my my, oh my, my influences came from my parents. And so circling back, so my mm-hmm. dad loved John Lennon. I loved Elvis, right? Mm-hmm. And my dad always he just was never a big Elvis fan, you know. And so I'll never forget. I always got to screw with my dad, you know, because that's just how we roll. And uh, <laughs> and so I got him this book for Christmas. 
And it's this awesome John Lennon book. And in the inside, I put the quote, you know, from John Lennon, before there was Elvis, there was nothing. Merry Christmas, love your daughter. You know? <laughs> so, but anyway, but so, yeah, so, you know, Tom Petty. I yeah. mean, I, I remember rocking in the car seat to Def Leppard, you know? Yeah. Mm. Right? I mean, so I loved all the in big the hair In the car seat to Def Leppard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I remember driving my car and rocking out the <laughs> Oh my gosh. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's good. That's no, um, no, no, I get it. But I remember, I mean, Patsy Klein. I, I love mm-hmm. Patsy Klein. Why does everybody love her? I really don't. She's real. But generally, everybody loves her. She's real. You know what I loved it's about that one woman? song, isn't it? Uh, it's really that one song. Well, crazy, but to me, it was Sweet Dreams. Sweet mm-hmm. Dreams of You. You know, I, I love that one. But her her whole album, like, I'll put them on in my headset and clean the house and, like, just jam out to Patsy Klein for hours. Um, I remember that Crazy, I think Crazy and If I Could Turn Back Time from Cher were two of the probably first songs I ever sang. Remember that video from that song? Oh, are you kidding me? How could you not? Her ass cheeks are tattooed. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that, that, that's what I remember. I mean, I just saw her in concert. She's she's incredible, still has man. It, huh? She's still she's still it. got it. I, yeah. God, no. I mean, I'm glad I idolize a certain people. I'm just so mad I never got to see Tina Turner in concert before she retired. I would have loved to have done that. Is she really retired? I hope she's probably eighty by now. I know. I know. Right? Or maybe I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I remember that. That was kind of my childhood. I remember, you know, like I said, I, I actually remember being in the kitchen. I had one of those, you know, Fisher Price, yeah, little like plastic yeah, sink yeah, yeah. things, you yeah. know. And um, <laughs> my mom, again for fun, my mom used to put hot soapy water in my Fisher Price sink. <laughs> we were very clean in my house. Yeah, it sounds like it. So, overly. Yes. Come to my house now, it's the same way my friends teach me all the time. They're like, A, they call me the mom because I'm like the mom, right? Because mm-hmm. I decorate for every holiday and okay. very domestic. Okay. I, I know. It's, it's again, two sides. Yeah, right? yeah, and, no doubt. And I'm very clean. You know, I follow everybody around with like the dust buster. Like, <laughs> no. I'm kind of embarrassed now. But anyway. The studio's not no, in great condition right now. No, but I, so I remember, um, I'll never forget, this is actually a funny story. Um, <laughs> the Bangles. You know, the bangles, the bangles, yeah, yeah. And so, I love my 80s music, right? And so, um, Manic Monday, Manic Monday, yeah, uh, 85. So, why when, do I know that when that song came no one out? Knows though, I know that song. When, um, <laughs> when I was a little girl, when that song came out, um, I didn't know what they were saying, I didn't know they were saying Manic Monday, and I, I used to sing Manic Mayonnaise. Just another manic mayonnaise. <laughs> and just like oh. anyone ever sings an Elton John song, because we have no idea what the hell he's right. saying. That's why <laughs> exactly. I, you know, all the lyrics are twisted sideways. Exactly, exactly. But so that was like growing up, you know, uh, to be honest, you know, so I had to escape into music. There, so mm-hmm. there was a lot of good. Mm-hmm. With all of that good, there was, um, you know, there was a lot of hardship. There was a lot of, yeah. um, you know, I, I remember being alone and like sad a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, I think my mom was very overprotective with me, so I wasn't mm-hmm. learning allowed to go and and do a lot of stuff all right. the time right. and, um and because of their um their situation sometimes you know it trickled down sure did you know on onto me but i um being a a a strong little little girl uh since day one um you know i uh i used to escape it you know i would call my grandparents so i was born on my grandfather's birthday may 25th okay and uh, so, yes, my fellow Gemini twin, we celebrated every birthday together. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, and he was the only person that really ever believed in my music. Really? 
Yeah. Yeah, my parents, I, you know, they never would pay for like a voice lesson or anything because, mm-hmm. it, you know, they didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they got it. And, it. and sadly, but if they didn't understand it, then it was dangerous and it was scary. And then they didn't allow me to really explore it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're a little bit more, more backwards in that way. And that's okay. I mean, teach their own, you know, mm-hmm. but but I was not. <laughs> I was opposite. Yeah. And, you know, so I used to listen to like Celine Dion. And I would listen and pay attention to, um, you know, her voice and where she would take a breath and how she would do it and how she would hold notes. And her and Mariah Carey. So you were studying it. And yeah, 100%. I learned how to sing in Spanish from Selena. Wow. Yes. You know, bitty bitty bum bum. Cada vez, cada vez que el viejo. But, you know, but so my grandfather would spend hours, you know, recording me so I could play back the tapes okay. and letting me make movies and direct them. And, really? Oh, he was 100% my partner in crime. He was my best friend. Okay. And um, I, I, I unfortunately, I lost him to, uh, to heart disease uh, when I was 16. Mm-hmm. 16 was a hard year for me. Um, I lost him in uh, in December, and then um, I had a really terrible thing happen to me um, that spring, you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, but it, you know, what does not kill you makes you stronger, and so, but yeah, my, I would invite my grandparents over all the time and put on performances for them, and right. my parents would have no idea that they were showing up at all, you know, because again, they were like too busy in their own head, sure, you know, sure, and sure. meanwhile, I had the princess phone, you know. <laughs> I still remember my grandma's phone number, which is crazy. And, uh, you know, they would come over and all of a sudden, like, I used to switch on the lamps to have, like, lights going. To have your Yeah, to have my show. I had the the whole show, yeah. And it was like, tonight, live from the living room, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Me. (laughs) um, But that was fun stuff, you know? And and then, you know, I'll never forget this. There was a, a... Such a bad fight one time that I I was like, I'm out of here. And I was probably about five or six years old and... I went to the kitchen. I had a Smurf lunchbox. <laughs> and I remember this, like, plain as day. And I got the Smurf lunchbox, and I, you know, put my thermos and chocolate milk. You know, I always had to have chocolate milk. And uh, and I called my grandparents, and I stood outside in the driveway waiting for them to come pick me up. And I'm like, I'm leaving. Had my little growing to grandma, going to grandma's bag, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was me, right? So so I then, then I hear Eddie and the Cruisers. Right. And my aunt, my Aunt Tina, uh, my mom's youngest sister, gave me the album okay and the album to eddie and the cruisers became my whoopee you know most ch- children have blankies <laughs> i slept with an album cover so really it, literally so now it's framed by my bed okay. um, because it's like tattered torn beds sure. like it's sure you know it looks like any other kids whoopee from their childhood you right, know? Right, i mean right. it, it's survived everything but going through the washing machine you know so <laughs> eddie, what an what a i guess i get it but what an odd choice. But I love the 50s and early 60s yeah, music. No, that make, yeah, I get it. I get the connection. You know? I mean, my favorite... So, I like, I love cars. Like, I'm totally... Like, I love things that go fast and, okay. like, probably that are dangerous for me. But, um, again, I was... I think about it. I grew up on the road with boys, so I'm yeah. totally used Farm to being... Farm roads. Well, well, with the band and touring, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, so yeah. I am so used to running with the boys and being with them, and so I... I love cars. Like, I'm totally into that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so my favorite car is a 1957 Chevy Bel Air, you know. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so I think everything about that movie just, and the saxophone, man. Yeah. God, the sax and the song. I mean, Tender Years is one of the best songs ever, you know. Right. And, and funny enough, I was just talking about this with uh, Joe Grishecki. We were, um, he and I and Scott Blasey and Jimmy Cran and, 
we were Scott at, was on the show. Yeah, 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 exactly. Such a good person. Mm-hmm. All good, all good men. Talented. God, right? Hello. And we were backstage at uh, Stage AE and shooting the breeze. We were doing a, a benefit for the Tree of Life Synagogue, and mm-hmm. we were all there. And um, you know, of course, you know Joe and and Bruce or oh, Springsteen yeah. are very connected. And the music of you know John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, which is oh, the band gosh, yes. that did that music, you it's know, a throwback. Right, and so they're very alike, you know, very sounding, you know, from the same, you know, Jersey, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Jersey sound of that era. And um, but Joe and I, Joe was shocked. He goes, "You love Eddie and the Cruisers?" I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> and he goes, "You know, we play with them." I'm like, "So you're saying you're going to introduce me?" <laughs> you know, um, that'll be that'll be like a dream come true. Sure. Yeah. Huh. Anyway. Huh. <laughs> so. Okay, so how did you get out of Latrobe? Well, um, you know, I think it was, um, I think it was like a, a series of events um, that kind of came down the pipeline leading up to. My career has been wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, and from the day of this happening, this you know incident. Mm-hmm. Um, you keep dancing around. Are you going to tell me what it is? Yeah, I will. I will. But from the sorry, it's, no, it's I, cool. You know, it's cool. I told you I will be an open book for you. I've, right. nev- I've never been. I've all never right. been. So right. I, um, everyone only knows so much, sure. you know, um, sure. unless you're a great friend or sure. something. But um, but yeah, I my career it was just like one thing led into the next thing mm-hmm. that led into the next thing that led into the next thing. Crazy enough, and and it all started with um, not always good stuff. You know, but it, it, to me, it's how you bounce back mm-hmm. from bad things that that happen to you. Right. And um, I told you, sixteen was a tough year. So mm-hmm. I lost my my grandfather um, the day after Christmas. Right. And um, that spring, um, I was attacked in high school, and uh, you know, it was it was really bad. And uh, my jaw was broken in three places. And my nose was broke, and my jaw was wired shut for eight weeks. Wow, as and a kid, that's got to be very, very difficult. Especially when you're a kid that wanted to go to like Juilliard, mm-hmm. and you were supposed to be like auditioning and doing all these things that summer, and right. um, you know, I, I couldn't do any of that. So it, um, that one incident, changed my my entire future, literally. Um, and I wouldn't regret it for anything in the entire world. Um, but I certainly don't condone bullying and, you know, uh, or anything. And actually, I wasn't bullied. It was a, it was just a complete, it came out later, you know, it actually in court, you know, on the record, you mm-hmm. know, that um, this girl was going through a lot of trouble. Right. Um, a lot of struggles on her own. And, um, you know, and God bless her, you know, I, and I forgive her for it. And, you know, I, I think it was clearly meant to happen, you know, and, um, yeah, and so it kind of snapped. I mean, I was a really good kid, you know. I mean, I was friends with everybody, you know. Right. I mean, because I was athletic, and then I did, you know, um, the theater stuff, and then I had friends that were like the party crowd, and you know, I think I had my first party that year because I was such a goody two shoes. <laughs> I was such a goody two shoes. I really was. Swear to God. And um, up until sixteen, um, but then that summer, just something kind of snapped in me, and. I, I got really pissed off at the world, you know. Well, how for, could you not? Yeah, I did. And and that's not exactly, I'm not condoning that behavior either. I mean, it wasn't exactly the right way to go about it. But but it gave me my edge, 
and it gave me the edge that I think I needed to find and work through in order to gear me up and prepare me for what was about to come down the pipeline. And so, yeah, I, I was a hellraiser that summer. I I, um, I was 16. I was dating a 24-year-old street bike racer. <laughs> My parents loved that. God bless. Oh, I'm sure they did. You know, the sun was coming up. I was coming home. Uh, you know, hey, good morning. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. God. Um, but I survived, you know, and, uh, you know, there were... Um, you know, there were a lot of drugs that started really circulating um, out in that region. That's no, that's no, you know, uh, that's no secret. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, a proven fact that's all over the news these days about, yeah. you know, our area and stuff oh, like yeah. that. And um, and that's when that kind of started, you know, and I had a lot of uh, people. Um, I've lost a lot of friends to overdoses that mm-hmm. I used to run around with that summer. And it just breaks my heart, mm-hmm. you know, but um but anyway, I uh, my senior year started, and um, you know, I decided that because it, they were going to have us both there, um, that you know the person that was involved in my incident and I together, and uh, you know we were in homeroom together, and we were, and my, and my school didn't really um, they didn't handle things the way that they should have, and uh, I had to. Unfortunately, my parents didn't either. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's not their fault. I'm not blaming them, but they just didn't know any better. And when it's something they didn't know any better to do, they just, you know, they ostrich, you mm-hmm. know, and they put their head in the sand. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's okay. Some people deal with things different. I, I hit things head on. I deal with things. I like to communicate things. I like to squash it. I'm not right. a bury under the rug kind of person. You know, I think it's better, and then you can move forward. Mm-hmm. And I knew... That's well, the only way to move forward. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I had to teach myself this, you know, because um, I, I was not raised with that. Right. Um, but um, I, I went in and I talked to the school, and I said, listen, I have I have three credits left to graduate, and uh, I quite honestly just don't want to be here anymore. So hmm. I think, you know, you and I both know, after what happened and the way it was handled, mm-hmm. that the best thing for us to do is for you to do what mm-hmm. I'm asking you to do. And uh, we shook on it, and uh, off I went. And so I I never got to go to prom because my jaw was wired shut. I never got to wear a cap and gown and graduate with everybody else, you know. Um, yeah, so, you know, I do think... Do you think you wore that chip for a while, a chip on your shoulder? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did, you know. And I, I, I've always been so grateful for the unique opportunities that arose from that, mm-hmm. you know. And again, I, I have, I live a life with no regrets. You right. know, you can't. No. Um, mm-hmm. It's a shame, you know, that I never got to do those things. But, um, but the things that I, I have had, you know, um, are amazing. And, you know, hopefully I won't miss out on all of them. That's why I'm so hell-bent on, like, I really want to be able to have a wedding and have a baby and, like, do these normal things, you know. I just want to be a normal girl, you know. But um, So when we were talking off um, off camera, I asked you a question that I ask a lot of people. Okay. And that is, this is a good time to ask and bring this up. Okay. I don't, I'm not a person that Ooh. believes that uh, that you can have it all. I think that you can have a lot. I don't think you can have it all because I believe all would require everything firing on all cylinders and I don't know if there's enough time or enough space in our lives to do that because something ultimately suffers in some way. You on the other hand believe that one can have it all. So mm-hmm. 
Expand a little bit on that for me. <laughs> I, I think you can. Um, well, I think that I've just turned into such a um, a, a multitasker mm-hmm. that for me, it, it's all about balance. You just have to be able to balance. You know. You if, don't think that's all bullshit? No, I know it's not because I live it every day. Mm-hmm. I live it every day. You know, I mean, certain things, you know, have to give, you know, it's a wax and wane for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I really don't. It's a, it's a matter of finding a good teammate, though. You know, and when you're talking about work mm-hmm. and dreams and career and if you want to have a family and, you know, a great a relationship, it, damn right it is. But you know what? It's totally doable. It's totally doable. You know, you just have to have someone who is on the same page as you, mm-hmm. you know, and who is your best friend, who stands in your corner, you know, who fights through hard days with you, you know, um, wipes a tear, pours a glass of wine on a bad day, you know. Um, uh, but you got to want the same things. You got to be teammates. And I think if you find a good teammate in life, mm-hmm. um, then I think that you can have it all. I really, I really do. So you think the work-life balance is an actually achievable goal? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, I do. All right. Says the girl who works five jobs. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. So I want to know. <laughs> so, so you leave Latrobe, and where do you go? Oh, so okay. So after that happened, I, um, you know, then I didn't have to Latrobe. attend high school. Thank you. <laughs> um, I didn't have to attend Latrobe. high school full time anymore. Okay. You know, so I got a job. And I got a job um, actually up the street at the time it was the uh, the Sheraton um, in Greensburg. And back in the day, they used to have the circuits. So, you know, bands, cover bands used to play the circuit, like oh, yeah. the East Coast Circuit, oh, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So good enough. Live music when it was really, you know, kicking in that, in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the band that was playing there that week, I used to um, wear a treble clef music note around my neck. And the gal that was singing in the band, FYI. Um, Name at the, the band, time, FYI? Yeah. All right. Yeah. And uh, so she was having dinner, and she saw my necklace, and she goes, do you sing? And I said, yes, I do. And she goes, I just found out that I'm expecting, and I'm going to be you know, coming off of the road, my husband and I, so you should totally audition, like out of nowhere. She and never heard you sing. She just, never heard me sing. Just saw your necklace. God bless Bella. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I said, well, Okay. And so I, I went to the band house that's in the back of, of the hotel, and I sang Jennifer Lopez is Waiting for Tonight. And I got the job on the spot. I literally walked into my front door of my house, walked upstairs to my bedroom, threw everything I could think of into garbage bags, you know, because I didn't even own luggage, you know, and at that time. And... um off to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I went because funny enough, all my friends from high school were moving down there, okay, okay. for the summer and stuff. And my first gig with the band was, was going there. to be in Florence, South Carolina. Got it. So I was pulled into South Carolina from day one. Got it. From day one. Literally the first night I left home, I set up shop in South Carolina and I never left calling South Carolina my home. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy. And then how long did you tour? I mean, how long did that that chapter yeah. leave? So I toured up and down the East Coast. Um, gosh, man, how long was I on the road? A year and a half, maybe? Two years? Something like that? Not a really, really, really long time, but a different city every week, you know? And I used to drive um, 
you know, Charlie, Charlie and David, my two band dance, you know, my parents were like, you're going to be killed. You don't know these people. You know, again, the unknown, right? Sure. Don't do it because we know nothing about it. <laughs> don't even look at it funny, you know. Um, Fear of the unknown. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but Charlie and David, um, we're still so tight. My two band dads, you know, I, I don't even know how to cross a major intersection by myself. Like, that's embarrassing, but it's so true. Like, I'm like, wait, so you cross when? When that light turns green, Natalie, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Don't well, you grew killed. up in Le Trobe. There's probably a couple of handfuls of <laughs> yeah, it's like a stop blinking signs light. and yeah. blinking light. And not now. Blinking now it's yellow. a city. You know, now it's a city. Oh, yeah. But it was different, you know, when I was younger. But, sure. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so, you know, um, I, I different city every week. And, um, you know, that's where I got my nickname, the bird in the industry um, for two reasons. You know, first, you know, sing like a fly, like a free, like a bird, because you mm-hmm. can't cage a bird. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and secondly, because, you know, your voice is a muscle. Mm-hmm. And when I first was green and learning how to sing and God bless them for taking a chance on this green little waitress from, you know, La Trobe, but um, uh, underage. <laughs> it's okay. You know, it's back in the day. Uh, People were more lenient. Yes. <laughs> yes. Less careful. Yes, exactly. Um, but anyway, um, so I used to sing and I could sing okay. But when I would talk to you because my muscle was so like breaking in, right. I was like, oh my God, like Scott, like Marge, almost like Marge Simpson, you know, like, and so Anna Marie, she, she was uh, the singer, the other female singer in the band. And she, you know, I looked up to her a lot, you know, cause she was, I think like 32 and I was, you know, 17, 18 years old. And, um, and so, uh. You know, she would teach me, you know, like vocal warm ups and things like this. And then we would be in a different like band house or a hotel. And I used to nest. Okay. You know, I used to, you know, very domestic. You know, yes. I was like, okay, let's clean, make sure it's nice. You know, let's like set up shop, put all our makeup out. <laughs> you know, everybody was comfy. You know, everybody was comfy. And, um, and, uh, and so, yeah, because I would nest and because I sounded like Scott, Natalie, like, so the bird nickname came to me from Anna Marie and Charlie and um and I lost Anna Marie um uh a few years ago to uh, to suicide so mm. yeah yeah it was a shame she was a, a really wonderful person so but yeah so I did that and then all of my friends again you know were home at the beach and I was like man like I I want to be with them you know what I mean and um so I had some mutual friends um down there and I decided to, to go to go back and move back and um, you know try to you know look into different fields and stuff like that and what can I do and I had some mutual friends you know reach out and talk to the band leader of the house band at the House of Blues because if you're going to go big go big you know go go bigger go home right, right. go bigger go home right, right. Um, so I'm like yeah let's go sing at the House of Blues the House of Blues in Myrtle mm-hmm. wow okay yeah I'm familiar with that joint yeah so um, so Grady Avery um, God, still one of my dear, dear friends, uh, took a chance on me and, um, I started singing with Entrance and yes, the, um, lead female vocalist for the band at the House of Blues in Myrtle wow. Beach, South Carolina. So I had, I had the world at my feet, right? I was so excited. I had sure. my friends. I lived at the beach. I was singing at the House of Blues, <sighs> but I just, I was about to turn 21 Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, like I just, you know, I felt like Pinocchio, like I just want to be a real boy, you know. And I, <laughs> I didn't like, I didn't know what it was like. I don't know if that's anatomically 
possible, but <laughs> we're living in strange times. It might well, be I for know. all I know. Caitlin. I don't know. Yeah, I just, uh, that's a whole nother rabbit hole for another day. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Maybe we need some of this. Want to crack it open? Yeah, let's do that. All right. So, um, so good enough, I, I left singing so that I could know what it was like to, I missed so much stuff, you know, like I could never, um, I could never go to weddings of my friends who were getting married or family wow. because I had to sing. Oh, I and see I had to perform. I couldn't go see concerts because I was playing them. Got it. You know, um, it, holidays, forget about it. You know, um, Friday and Saturday nights. What was that? So well, that's the that's that's the that's the that's the job. That's the that's robbed the social life of an entertainer. Correct. Right? Exactly. And so I just I wanted a break from it. You know, struggle is real. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there, there you have it. Oh my gosh. So. I decided, may I? Sure. Okay. So I decided that I was going to quit singing for a little while. All right. And I got a job working for a Fortune 500 home builder, Centex Homes. Really? Uh-huh. And they built the entire Barefoot Resort. Okay. So I got to be a part of that. And so huh. I got into promotions i was the promotions coordinator and that is where i met my big sister and best friend who was the interior design coordinator uh michelle and um yeah so i learned a lot about real estate and it was great i mean wonderful people that. yeah salute salute thank you you're welcome thank you yeah so you had a little tinge of real estate in there i did i did so hmm. i was learning about you know that kind of stuff and it right. was really cool and it was great. And well, it's then, not even that cool. You didn't stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> well. Sorry. I know. Um, but uh, so then Charlie from the first band I was ever in, right. you know, he called me one day and he said, bird. Yes. Bird. <laughs> bird, bird, bird. Yes. Bird. You know, Charlie to bird. Charlie to bird. Come in, little bird. And, um, and so he said, how about we go and do a cruise stint? And then we moved to Vegas. And I'm like, and I'm sitting, I had this beautiful office, you know, and we're right on the intercoastal waterway, you know, a team of people. I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. And, and so I. Literally, that's how quick it was. That's how quick it was. That's how quick it was. And I literally took a month and floated in the pool. And then uh, <laughs> off to the cruise line. My life was so nice then, wasn't Sounds it? Sounds like it. It yeah. was really yeah. lovely. It's to be, oh to be young and have no responsibilities, right? Uh, We're very little. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I was twenty one. So man. cruise, you went on a cruise line. I went, I went on a cruise line, and so we did Royal Caribbean, mm -hmm. and we did six months. Um, did you like it? Uh, I absolutely hated it. Really? Well, at, well, the first three months, the struggle was real. I mean, like, I didn't know that, you know, to do these kind of things, like, you have to stand in the 90-degree sun, you know, with, like, sardines, like, and do boat drills and, like, all this stuff. And it's like, you have to do all these, like, classes. And I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't sign I'm up for this. Just sing. I just wanted to drink some Corona, have some tequila, <laughs> Carlos and Charlie's, sing a song, you know. Or two. Or three, Maybe. No, but anyway, but you know what though? I will tell you this. After I 
became accustomed to it, I absolutely loved it. Really? I absolutely loved it. And and I made such incredible friends. All my friends from all over the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I got to, you know, you know, learn how to say Foster's Australian for beer, you know. <laughs> and and I learned, you know, how to um what you know, what you know, oh, we're going to take the lift and use the loo, you know, from all of my friends from England, you know. Hello, Nick, you know. Um Nick was one of our sports directors. We're still friends. Um, mm. One of my dear friends, Jason uh, Hess, who's this amazing designer. He was the dance captain, okay, like for the entire team okay. and dance team for Royal Caribbean. I had my band on there. I didn't sing with like the Royal Caribbean singers yeah, and yeah. dancers. Yeah, I, yeah. I was a band girl. Yeah, but um, we're still great friends. And so he lives in Chicago. We spend Thanksgivings together and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, man. So, geez, like to think if I wouldn't have done right. that, you know, right. and um, right. Yeah, almost, almost got married. Mm. Almost got married, you know. So you know, the plot thickens. Yes, the plot did thicken. Yes, I, um, I noticed it was the almost in there. Yes, exactly. Um, but I, I met, you know, I met a you know wonderful person who, who's actually the cruise director. <laughs> Funny how that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it was you know really fun times. I, I, you know, um, so I got to cruise a lot with him even after. Right. You know, um. And it's it's a cool world, man. It's a really cool so world. Six, so you, you performed there for six months. I did. And we had a six month done, contract. Okay. Then now, did the rest of the band want to re up? Um, How no, that go? because um, we were our plan was to to move to Vegas, and that's what we did. So I actually, so um, from dating the said cruise director, and uh, when when we got off of the of the ship, we had worked it out so that we were off at the same time, okay. and he um, is from Toronto. So I actually went up to Toronto and we spent some time in Toronto at his house up there for a while Mm -hmm. and just kind of hung out. You know, again, I know it's such a different life than my life these days. (laughs) Well, how about that time machine? Like to go back some days. I'm like, I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, wow, (laughs) it was the life. What Um, was I doing? Damn. Um, but Toronto is a cool place, man. So he introduced me to like to much music, which is like their MTV. And, um, yeah, so like I learned a lot and I love they actually I love play music Canada. Up there. Yeah, I love Canada. Canada's mm-hmm. cool. Canada's mm-hmm. really cool. And mm-hmm. so um love being up there. You know, I'm a big fan of like Swiss Chalet and Tim Hortons coffee and I still am to this day. Tim and yeah, totally. Hockey. Do you like hockey? I, I do. I love hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love all sports. I'm a very sports we'll get there. girl. But um yeah, so and then after that we um we moved to Vegas and right. I went to Vegas and you know it takes uh, it takes time to get going out there, and you know, you guys just went with no gig, right? You just kind of went, and we're gonna figure it out. We just, we just went, man. Figure it out. This is my life, right? Figure it we out. Just, uh, figure it out. Okay. Figure it out. Yeah. Okay. And um, I was, I was a, cra- I was very courageous in my younger years. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no I, I get it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You know, but you have to be, I guess. But um, but yeah. So we moved out there, and it, and it takes a while to really get going, you know, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, God bless Charlie and David. I love them so much. Um, and so I had to take a, uh, I had to take a day job, you know, for a couple months while we were kind of seeing like, okay, what are we going to do? What was that job? Um, I worked for Merrill Lynch. Doing what? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so the financial advisors, yeah. I actually worked with them. And huh. so, so now I, I learned a lot about like stocks and, you know, um, the puts, the, you know, the puts and calls and like the, yeah. So did you just kind of fib them that it was going to be a temporary thing? And you just um, yeah, they, they knew what I did. The, they were fascinated. They're like, oh man, you're so cool, you know, and, <laughs> but I had a brain, you know, yeah. and so I could yeah, hold yeah. my own and right, actually right, right. they had, had offered me, um, 
a really great position and I had to, you know, of course decline, you know, because you know, of wasn't your passion. Correct. Yeah, it's not where my heart, you know, lied, you know, so right, um right. uh but I had a wonderful experience, you know, working for them. They're a great company. And um You guys got a gig out there. What was your and, first gig out there? And so my first oh god, this is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, this might require another It break. isn't like a little cantina on the end of a strip mall somewhere, right? Where you'd walk in the bar and there'd be like the little beads hanging in the doorway. No, it's actually way better than that. Okay. Well, okay, no, so, I'm just saying. Those places are out No, it's there. funnier than that. <laughs> so The bars <laughs> just have the, like the lit up word is this bar on the outside. Kind of. <laughs> Add the word biker in front oh, of it. Oh, nice. So here's nice. this little, here's this little, here's nice. the little, here's this little, Pop princess, right? But I'm a rock and roller, and okay. I can hold my own. You know, I'm a you little. You dig the stones, right? I, dude, I dig all that stuff. You know, well, nothing wrong with a little fog hat. You know, so <laughs> nothing, wrong, right? nothing wrong with fog hat. Exactly. Nothing wrong full for the city. Exactly. So, so I drive to this gig, and and uh, and we get there, and we were playing with our buddy John, and his band's name was the Overlords. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you, do you yeah. get what I'm, where I'm going I, with this? I can say, yeah. okay. I get the direction you're so, headed. Okay, fantastic. Because I didn't, you know, at first when I walked into this place, I'm like, what the fuck? What? The overlords. Yes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So and we played. Uh, it was so much fun. I had a freaking blast. I look back at that. And I was like, man, I got to play like, you know, like, you know, the wooden block. You know, I was like, I had my tambourine on. I was like jamming, you know, and, and, but these bikers, I mean, they're all like doctors and right, attorneys. I mean, right, they're right. good they people. They weren't, they weren't like, like, they weren't hardcore bikers. No, were, but all I kept thinking of is, bikers. all I kept thinking of is, <laughs> again, growing up, you know, all I kept thinking of is that scene from Pee Wee Herman. Oh. When he's in the biker bar. And I was like, I would like walk out and I was like, Natalie, don't touch anything. Don't even look at it funny. You know, just keep walking. Did you hop on the bar and do the dance? I did hop on the bar and sing, but I did not do the the tequila (laughs) dance. I'll leave that to my little cousin Maria. She does that really well. (laughs) But anyway. uh, So that was just one gig or did you play that? That was just one gig. That was just one gig. I did a few gigs with them. And so they were kind of playing with them and doing that kind of stuff. And in the meantime, um, one of the... uh, one of the top agents out there had taken mm-hmm. notice of me, mm-hmm. and um, uh, three of the top bands in Vegas, um, you know, cover bands, mm-hmm. um, you know, was a uh, um, uh, gosh, what was it? Uh, Pop Culture, Graffiti, and Party Central. Okay, and they were all ran by a gay, guy named uh, Steve Byers and um, and Larry Ladd. You know, those were like the top agents out okay. there. And uh, and Larry Ladd, I'll never forget this. I mean, I was like a little peanut. You know, you know, I wasn't very big at all, and he's like lose seven pounds. I'm like, what? From where? And I cut my hair up. My go be a one. Right, right. <laughs> Jesus, you know. So Vegas is critical, man. You got to have a thick, thick, thick skin. And um, but I was blessed, and um, he called me up. So it takes most singers a few years to break in. It took me six months. Right. And right. um, he called me up about a couple days before this gig, and he gave me this list of songs, and he goes, okay, show up with pop culture, get on stage sing these songs good luck see how it goes yeah and uh, so I got the job alright and um, man man did we have fun man did we have fun that was so cool man being 21 years old and running around the strip you know and playing we played every major casino all the huge rock Mm -hmm. stages you know Mm -hmm. um you know down in fremont street you know first and third stage and you know my sound guys they were sound guys that were like off the road like with like major acts you know like you know bush and like everything they ran their sound and they knew what the hell they were doing they knew what the hell they were doing and i used to have this catwalk 
that came off of the stage and into the sea. I mean, seas of people that I got to perform oh, yeah. for, thousands of yeah. people, you know, yeah. and um, God, it was so much fun. And then we used to do like different outfit changes and and the band was, it was a blast. Did and, it pay well? Um, it, yes. Okay. Very well. I, I Most things in Vegas related to entertainment do. Yes. They do. I mean, I um, I made so much money, you know, as a cover singer, but we worked our asses off, man. We yeah, played six I nights bet. a week. I bet. You know. Yeah. Um, but we, yeah, but you, it was it was lucrative back then. You know, you could do really well if you busted your ass. You mm-hmm. know, and we did. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we were solid. We had a, we had a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed that. And I used to come out. I'll never forget. Um, I would open the show. We would, we'd all be backstage, and we would do, you know, we would do like a shot. You know, <laughs> have a shot. I could show you True the band stories. couch. I could show you the band couch. Okay, it's been, it was you know, again, I, I I played with the boys. You know, and they the band couch. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. How you doing? You know. <laughs> and uh, alrighty then. God, but the boys they had me doing. I mean, at one point, at one point they they were like, you know, like you have to chew tobacco. I'm like, what? They're like, just try it. I'm like, oh come on. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's on video somewhere in the archives of Natalie's on the road footage, but yeah, I mean, you know, because um, funny shit there. It, well, we were, it, was a, it was funny. It was funny, haha. You know, and uh, but we had a good time. So we used to do, like a shot backstage, and I used to come oh out to. Oh my god, that's hysterical, though. Uh, yeah, that's, that's absolutely positively hysterical. Yeah, oh yeah, because I used to do Gretchen Wilson, and so we were making fun of you know redneck woman, and I said I can totally do that. They're like, what? I'm like, I shoot whiskey. Why do you think I can't shoot tobacco? I can do anything you can do. Bring it on, you know. So. <laughs> So I did. Um, you know, got to do it. Got to be able to run with the boys, man. So so how long were you in Vegas? Um, two years. Okay. So um, so I used to open up the show. It was great. The guys would do, you know, girl, you really got me now. And then I would come out and do Who Alanis. Um, Who sang that song? Who sang what song? That song. Oh, God. Who did sing I'm that damn song? A little, just, a little, just a little test. Hmm. I don't know. I'd have to think about uh, it. It's Kinks. Is it the Kinks? Covered by Van Halen. I was okay. See, that's what I was going to say. My initial thought was going to be just Van Halen. Just a little side. Just, mm. just curious. See, there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I did. I used to come out and start the show with Alanis Morissette's "You Ought to Know." There's no other way to <laughs> open up a show with a in-your-face moment, you know. And um, yeah, well, but feisty. anyway, but it was it was it was really really cool. And so when I was there, I got introduced. Um, uh, to uh, to a record producer and my modeling it, it, from my modeling a lot too because when I was in South Carolina, um, funny enough, I took a um, I took a side job when I was in South Carolina that started my modeling career. Okay, by accident again. How do we gloss over that? Um. Oh yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> One story into the next, I guess. Right. Um. So I was working for Centex at the time, and right. Michelle, my best friend, I wanted to get my first car by myself you know and i was so young you know right, and right. i i had a mustang that was my was right. my first car mustang okay. sally i used to scrub the engine with a toothbrush i'm not surprised yeah i was obsessed I'm, I'm with that car so not surprised i loved that car i wanted i i really i really wanted to get the cobra but my daddy said no <laughs> no <laughs> so, no i drove too fast You're anyways kill yourself kid yes Yes, exactly. Right? And the insurance was way too high. So yeah, thanks. Um, but so I had my Mustang, and I wanted to get, I wanted to get a new car. And Michelle said, "You know what, Nat? Why don't you go work at Hooters for like two nights a week? 
do that for like six months, there's your down payment. And I'm like, because I didn't want to go back to singing. Right. You know, and she and she's like, okay, we'll just do that, you know, for a little extra, you know, cash. I was a you know, single little independent girl out on my own and I wanted to do this on my own. I didn't want parents to help me. Mm-hmm. Not that they could. God bless them because they mm-hmm. couldn't. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I Never, my parents, I'll never forget it. When I, my first apartment, my electric bill, I didn't know that if you had no credit when you were like 19 years old uh-huh. or 18 years old that- um, Security deposit. You have to pay, yeah. I didn't. I was so budgeted and I didn't budget that in. So my mom had lent me $100. Do you know, to this day, she still brings it up. A hundred dollars. I've already paid her back. Still looking for your hundred bucks? Yeah, I've already paid the woman back. I'm like, so now it's like a running joke. I'm like, for real? Really? So anyway, um, so I didn't want to ask my parents, you know, nor could I. Right. So I thought, okay, you know, I want to, I want to do this. And so I did. And what a great experience. Uh, great company, um, great corporation, and that's where I learned how to be camera ready all the time. I right. love that kind of right. slogan of theirs. You know, I've always got to be on, you always have to be camera ready. I have seriously used that mm-hmm. throughout my entire career, got it. you know, ever since. And the girls were super sweet, and you know, they're super Southern, and you know, here comes this girl from small town Pennsylvania and they're all about their fun in the sun and their bikini contests. And so <laughs> the girls are like, you have to do this bikini contest. I'm like, there is no way in hell I am putting on, my number one, my dad will kill me, okay? Number two, I'll be completely you know, mortified, like, I can't do this. And right. they're like, come on, come on, it's so much fun, so much fun, so much fun. I'm like, okay, so I do this bikini contest. Mm. I won the whole damn thing. <laughs> I'm like, how does this even happen? So the prize, the prize was to get to shoot with the photographer, um, and he's been in Sports Illustrated, and right. this is the guy that shot my photos and for the first Maxim magazine that Got I was it. in. I was in three yeah. issues of Maxim. Right. I was a hometown hottie, and uh, <laughs> in 2000. For 2007 and 2009. So, yeah, so it started the whole modeling career. So, right. I was in Vegas, and through my modeling experience and my photographers that I knew in South Carolina, right. um, my neighbor um, had met this lady who was a singer, and she lived in Atlanta, and she needed um, photos taken. So, okay. him knowing that I had a modeling background had asked me for any, you know, names around her area. Sure. And I knew, you know, people all over the country. Right. And, um, you know, by that time I had a monster portfolio. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so good enough. Uh, I helped her and introduced her to them. And so that was really great. Sure. And, um, and then, funny enough, shortly after, pop culture's lineup was completely dissolved. They wanted to go in a different direction and be more of a casino band versus like the rock pop kind of band we were. Mm-hmm. And my agent said, do you want to take over the band and have your own band? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? And my boyfriend, um, bless his heart at the time, um, his job was to take care of me. Okay. And so I moved him out, um, you know, because my, my life was nuts playing that much. I mean, so I, you know, I would, you know, in order to to go to sleep, you know, I'd have to take like a half an Ambien, you right. know, and right. um, 
and 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 sleep and then uh, you know everything else that needed done i didn't have the time to do it you know because i was constantly performing constantly on and so he was out and so he was miserable you know and i mean and i get it and like i said bless his heart you know he was so sweet um but i knew he wanted to to leave vegas like he didn't like it you know um i could have stayed and and i may have stayed maybe if it wasn't for him okay but again hey roll with the punches right everything mm-hmm. happens for a reason right. so um so we packed it in and i declined that offer and uh, we came back to pennsylvania where i hooked him up working with my father because my dad is the most amazing landscaper ever right. so just to get him something here so he ends up working with my dad where he worked for my dad for like almost like i think like 12 years um so, I, it's, so it's stuck so it stuck. Yeah, right. it did. It stuck. Right. Yeah. So see, everything happens for a reason. We didn't stick together, but <laughs> <laughs> his career stuck. But his, yeah. But, but he his, stayed in my family. But his gigs. Yeah, there you go. He stayed his, in my his family. His gig stuck, right. His, his gig stuck. Um, right. And now he's out on his own. So, you know, good for him. Mm-hmm. Mm. So me, on the other hand, I was home for about, man, 24 to 36 hours. That's it. Yeah. Out again. Um, a photo shoot in Atlanta came up. All right. And my girlfriend, Tara, that lived in Charleston, she's uh, she's originally from Pennsylvania, too. And so she was on her way home okay. to South Carolina. And I was in Pennsylvania for, like I said, about 24 hours. And I'm like, so... <laughs> can you pick me up? <laughs> and, uh, and she did. And... Um, and then the rest is kind of history as far as the next chapter of my life. I went, I went home, mm-hmm. and I went and did this photo shoot in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then that gal that I had met and that I had hooked up with my photographer right. introduced me to a uh, record producer. Right. And I was signed to my first record deal. Mm-hmm. And um, I started working on my first album. I started. That was the first experience I've ever had. Um, to be an artist and right, to right. to write music, and uh, they their thing was you know between like Atlanta and and Nashville, and so they really wanted to make me the younger, sexier Shania Twain. Mm-hmm. And you know back in, in that time too, the, the country music wasn't even like it is today. It was definitely more country. Yeah, there's still an element of country in it, which there, today it's all bets are off. Right, exactly. I think they're in a bit of a transition phase of finding out exactly what their new sound is. Uh, no offense, you know, to anybody, right. you know, but um, and I could sing anything, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, I had to be, I had to be a chameleon, right, you know, right, doing right. what I did in successfully Vegas, right. for so many yeah. years, and um, so that was fine, you know. And you know, it's funny because if you listen to the songs, I, mean, my, I had. I had to work really hard to lose my southern accent and be able to now incorporate sounding like I am from Pittsburgh. Interesting. I know. Isn't it weird? That's, that's, that's well, you got to talk to me. You got to talk to me over a couple cocktails. So you... you I get you, it, yeah. Yeah, you've I heard it. it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> you've heard I get it. it. I get it. And, um, but when I listen to that music during that time, it is so in your face. I mean, there is like no denying it, you know. And... um. But uh, I loved all the people that I got to meet mm-hmm. and, you know, all the work I got to do. And it was really fun. But, you know, I don't know. It, it was it was an interesting time. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, I hadn't stopped, you know, since I was a child. Right. Since I was a child. Right. And this is like working on 10 years of 
nonstop, seven days a week, go, mm. go, go. Mm. It's all about the show. You know, it's all about um, performing. And um, and I loved it. I mean, so don't get me wrong. I mean, it was it was such a great experience. And I used to go home to Charleston, right. Alla Palms. And um, so I lived at Alla Palms, you know, um, all, all weekend. And then I would go to the studio in Atlanta during the week and, and write and record. And then sometimes, you know, we would make a trip like to Tennessee. And um, so... Anyway, uh, you know, it was all well and good, and, and some of the songs are incredible. That's why I want to revisit some of them, you know, um, to put them on my album. Right. And one of the songs, the only song that I did not write, um, it's a really kind of cool story. It's The song is called Memphis, and this really cool uh, crazy cat named Conley comes into the studio one day, and he goes, hey, youngin'. Youngin. Youngin. Hey, youngin. <laughs> hey, youngin. I got this song for you. He goes, just play it, just play it, just play it. You know, Conley, he's like, cigarette hanging out of his mouth, you know, a thousand miles an hour, you know what I mean? <laughs> Coffee, you know, and, you know, here you go. You just have to play it. You just have to listen to it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. I'm like, okay. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you had no choice. <laughs> I had no choice. And so he leaves, and um, Lee Davis, you know, my record producer and I, we sat there, and I heard this demo. And just the tears just started streaming mm -hmm. down my face. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the most beautiful song I've ever heard. And it's about Elvis. Mm -hmm. And what's so crazy now, like give me chills about this song is that um, after some personal things I've been through, I think that getting my love of Elvis back means more to me than it ever has. And this song means more to me than it ever has. And What's nutty is that the history of this song is still a bit of a mystery we're trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. um, Conley had it given to him. Apparently, the song is older than Black Velvet. Wow. You know? And you know what song I'm talking mm -hmm, about? Sure do. And which is also about Elvis Presley. Right. And um, we don't know. I've heard that it's from the vaults of Sony, but we really don't know. No one knows. And. I talked oh, to my. Oh, you make it a hit. They're gonna. You'll find out. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm trying to find out before because I want to do the right thing. You know? come, yeah, they'll come a calling. Yeah, I mean, but um, but the weird part is, is that you know I hadn't been to Nashville and to the studio in a long time, and I and and or to Atlanta, and um, I talked to my old producer, and I said, you know, what's up with this? And he goes, Natalie, everyone that I knew that was connected to that song has died. Wow, Conley has passed away. Everyone, everyone has passed away. You don't believe in that shit, that do you? Hopefully so, not. No. Well, oh no, 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 not in a bad way. What's crazy is, it's like it's just been kind of left in my arms now to, okay. to, to coddle it and take good care of it. I get that. You know, and and to put it out there maybe for everybody. You know that they all loved it. You, you know, re-record it though. Um. Yeah, I think I'm going. I'm going to. Um, mm. It's kind of crazy because it's 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 a pretty difficult song to sing, mm -hmm. um, you know. It's very like low to high, low to high. And right. um, in order to sing it right the first time, I needed some major inspiration. And boy, did I get it! Boy, did I get it! I um, I decided that I was going to go to Graceland. Okay. And so I took myself to Graceland. It was the Fourth of July, and I was down in Bill Street, and the fireworks are going off, and I'll never forget. I love. Oh, I love the South so much, and I love the people, and I love, um, you know, I, I loved, I loved Memphis. It was great, and I got a blister on my foot, <laughs> and the people were so sweet. They literally picked me up, 
carried me into like the Walgreens that was right there on the street, sat me on the counter, got band-aids, band-aided me up, put me back out there. They call that Southern hospitality. Oh my God, I love them so much. I miss I miss good Southern food too, but well, it's another topic. Mm-hmm. But, so anyway, um, so I went to Sun Records and then the next day I went to Graceland and right. I just did the, you know, the typical tour thing, whatever, mm-hmm. beautiful, gorgeous Sunday afternoon. Right. And I'm walking out at the very end to get back on their, you know, trolley thing to go across the street and uh, and to leave. And one of the guys that was working there, he said, "Hey," he kind of pulls me over, and and he said, "If you want to, you can stick around, and you can just go back with us once we're done cleaning up." I'm like, <laughs> "Really?" And so all the tourists leave, right? And it's just you know a very skeleton staff you know, here and there, and me sitting on the front stairs of Graceland. Right. All by myself. So there was your inspiration. I thought, man, my grandfather made one hell of a deal with Elvis in heaven right now because I don't know how this just happened. <laughs> like, this is unheard of. This is right. so crazy. And it right. was it was moving. And the, the sun, there's a big there's a big tree in the front yard, and, and the sun was just shining through it. And... You know, I'm sitting in the same spot. You know, um, there's a famous shot of Elvis and his father, Vernon, after they lost uh, his mother. Um, And I was sitting right there. And I just thought, wow. Mm. Wow. How did this just happen? Powerful. Very moving. Moving. And I walked back into the studio. And I I literally, I'll never forget it. You know, here here comes the bird. You know, and I flew in. I threw my bag down. And I'm like, hit it. And I just went in the booth. And... Knocked it out. Knocked it out. One take. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it was great. Um, I think I would like to re-record it now, just because you know your voice changes. Mm, no question. You know, and it and it and it as it ages and it develops and you know. So I'd like to re-record. There's some stuff I don't want to touch that I I had recorded from years ago, and then you know other stuff that it, only thing I, I never finished anything. Everything was so rough. It's the mm. rough copies the rough drafts yeah. and why well, um, wasn't it finished well you know the business is crazy and after 10 years of being in it non-stop mm-hmm. um you needed a break i think it was a combination of things you know um i had an experience um with some people in the industry mm-hmm. um you know, no one I was personally working with very closely or anything like that. They're amazing. But just, you know, some people that, you know, as a woman that, you know, felt that, you know, if you're going to do this, you know, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There um, that, there, yeah. Just expectations. Right. And I would never do that. Right. And I'm not that person. Right. I've never been that girl. I would never be that girl. And I wasn't about to put myself in a situation where I would have to deal with being in that situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I was street smart by this time, you know, and I will I will I will cut you, you know. <laughs> I'll cut you. I will cut you. I'm Sicilian, <laughs> I will cut you. And uh so anyway, that was going on. My t- my sister was ten years old and my parents, you know, still weren't really getting along that yeah. well. And I always kind of carried this guilt like I left her behind, you know, mm. and and I knew what she was going through, and so that was playing on my heartstrings. This was going on, and I knew that I just <sighs> I needed a timeout. I needed to think. Mm-hmm. And I got on a plane and I um, unannounced, unannounced. I never even told my parents I was coming. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was Christmas Eve. And I landed in Pittsburgh and I called um, 
the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend, not not the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend, the landscaper guy, the landscaper guy, yeah, my Joffrey, and and Joffrey. Uh, uh, God, I love that kid. He's such a good good soul. And um, so anyway, um, I called him, and you know, I had this great world down there, mm-hmm. Eric. I really, I really did. I mean, things were popping. I had a machine. Yeah. I had a machine behind me that we were ready to go. Big right. things were going to happen. I was supposed to get ready to move to Nashville. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's do this. You know, I was signed on the dotted line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, and, and the rest of as just as, but don't you think your life was full of lots of moments just like that? You just changed direction and just went for it. Yes. Right? Yes. Right? Yes. And, you know, everybody was shocked, you know. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll call it my Forrest Gump moment but I, when this happened. But I got off of the plane. You know, Jeff and his old beat-up Ford pickup truck, you know, came and picked me up and I'd have it <laughs> no other Latrobe. way. Latrobe. And um, it was freezing, okay? I didn't even own a winter coat. So I had to stop at the Marshalls in um, the waterfront on the way home. And I, <laughs> all the coats were picked over. I mean, it's Christmas Eve, right? And so the only thing I could find was this monstrosity of a coat. It was, it was powder blue. <laughs> Just call me powder. The blue thunder. And, and it was blue this blue thunder. fur coat. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> blue blue fur coat? Listen, Eric, I was cold. Okay. <laughs> you must have been I just, cold. I needed I needed to keep you must warm. Have been very cold. I, I needed to keep warm, you know? And uh yeah. And so I bought this coat. <laughs> I kept it for many years just as a as a as a funny side piece. But um but anyway, I showed up at my mom and dad's on Christmas Eve. Right. And they didn't even have the tree up, you know, and they were so happy to see me mm-hmm. that it moved them to tears and my mom was in the kitchen and she was we were playing music and my dad you know my god every year every <laughs> year and the more and the more cocktails he has the more he plays it is john lennon's so this is christmas over, over and, and over and, and, over, and over. over and over yeah and um and so anyway um but my little sister was there and so i put up the tree with her and the lights and just that just i've got to I got to feel home for the first yeah. time in ten years, yeah. and I was. Su- I, and you weren't ready to run out the door either. No, I. Uh, I call it my Forrest Gump moment. I um. I had the world, you know, uh, by the balls, and I just. Mm-hmm. I just I was tired. I think I was tired, and and you know. It was kind of that moment in Forrest Gump, you know, when he's running, everyone's like, yes, let's go. You know, like, I mean, you got this whole team behind you, like, we're going to, it's going to be great. Whole it's gonna city be big. behind them. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I just stopped. And I'm like, I, I think I want to go home now, you know? <laughs> and that was it. And that was it. And I, I was supposed to be on a plane, um, on New Year's Eve. And, um, I never got on the plane. Did you, did you feel like you were just shutting down? Did you feel like you just were burned out? Did you feel like, or did you not understand how, how you were feeling? You just knew you needed to, you needed to be there. Yeah, I think I just, I think, I think I, I, I was a little burned out. Maybe, um, not completely. You know, my energy level is usually always a million miles an hour. But, um, but I think just my mind 
needed to be able to think for what I really wanted. Yeah, got and it. And the money, got it. Got it. you know, the money, the the, the fame, the notoriety, I, th- that stuff didn't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was great, but it didn't mean anything to me. And I was kind of, you know, um, in a positive way. I mean, God bless them. They thought it was like all for the good, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was kind of being put into this box that I didn't know if I really belonged in. Right. You know, because when I wrote songs, they were they were a little edgier, they were a little sexier, <laughs> right, you know, and, right. and they weren't so like, "Hey, how y'all doing?" You know, and so, um, so you know, I, I just didn't know, and it, and I thought, well, let's go home, let's take a little, let's call a timeout, you yeah. know, delay of game just for a moment, and um, let's think about this for a minute. Mm-hmm. And uh, I spent that summer um, landscaping with my dad. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's surprising to me. Really? A little bit. Why? Uh, just a complete about face. I mean, you've done that prior, but that's hard work. It's very hard that's work. That's a lot I've, of hard work. I've never been in the best shape of my life than when I worked for my father. And and mm. God God forbid, like I feel bad because it's so funny because all of my dad's employees, all the guys that have worked after me, um, my dad like always compares everybody. He goes, "Well, Natalie never complained about that." <laughs> Natalie, Natalie can pick up a garbage can up yeah, over her head full of trimmings. A, that's a little brutal. Yeah, like, I mean, I did. I mean, because I was, I'm like, I was like Mighty Mouse. You know what I mean? Like my dad's the same way, and mm-hmm. so, and we were both hardworking, and so I got to bond with my dad. I was in right. great shape, right, right. you know, having fun, and I said, "Okay, all right, we're back. This has been real. It's been real fun." <laughs> Now what are we going to do next? <laughs> and um, I was like, okay, well, how do you make, you know, a splash and be a big fish in a small pond? You know, because I, mm-hmm. you know, just meaning Pittsburgh, you know, right. as one localized, right. you know, centralized area. And um, and I thought, okay, I'm going to write a Steelers fight song. And so one night. Uh, so what, but how did you come to that decision? What, what really sent know. you in that direction? I have no unearthly idea, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think you know what it was. Um, I, I, I think honestly, I think I was wise enough to connect the two dots together. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, um, I know music. I know songs. I know how to make them catchy. I mm-hmm. know what I'm doing, right? Um, and I know that everybody loves football. I mean, Southwestern PA. Oh God! I mean, growing up here was like almost like growing up in Texas. You know, it was like faith, family, friends, football. You know, Sunday wasn't a choice for me. Like I, like I had football shoved down my throat. You know, like all day, <laughs> all day. It was like sit here. You know, between my grandfather, his nickname was the Gator because my family's from Florida, right? And so my grandfather was a Gator, right? And and then my dad, you know, who just loves football and love sports i mean so between the two of them i mean it was like right it was ritual you had no choice i had no no none none but it so you're gonna write a steal fight song so i decided because one doesn't exist um well i mean they had the polka they had here we go but they That's never song but they never had a wait, female the do it polka wait we're from the town with the great football team. These yeah, which are the Pittsburgh Steelers. I remember that from yeah. my childhood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but okay. they, um, but they never had a chick do it. Hmm. But it was July, and we were on crunch time here. So I, I decided. <laughs> I gotta write it now. I gotta write this now. You do it now. And I had none of my musicians here, you know, or yeah. anything like that. And um, so I was like, okay, well, what am I, what am I gonna do? And I, I just started singing with the band um, Mercedes. They were, you know, mm-hmm. a cover band here, just so yeah. I could you know, keep my chops up and stuff like that. And um, 
you know, so my best friend Becca from high school, mm-hmm. she and I um, were drinking a this is like almost cliche. We were drinking a couple of Rolling Rock beers in La Trobe at the Lloydsville Fire Hall. But it's yeah, the truth. Yeah, don't say. Yeah, not say, do you? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I wrote I Love Black and Gold on the back of bar napkins. That's cool. You still have the napkin? No. No, I don't think I do. I don't yeah, that's a good question. I don't think that I do. I don't think that I do. All right. Um, but I, I wrote I Love Black and Gold and and I decided to do it to a spoof of just Joan Jett's I Love Rock and Roll right. because that would be quick and easy. Right. right? Get it get her done. And uh so I'll never forget Becca and I came home that night um to her, her boyfriend at the time and I said, What do you think about this? And he goes, This is really good. Huh. And I'm like Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think good. it's okay. <laughs> I think it's good too, and and so anyway, um, funny enough, um, you know, put it out, got mm-hmm. it recorded, mm-hmm. and um, we went to you know we went to the Super Bowl that year, and so it was timing all, was good. Timing was good. I mean, they made it because of your song, of course, of course, right? I mean, come Hello. on, I'm a good omen. There you go. <laughs> no, I don't. You know, not at all. But your um, conditioning turned back on though, so you must be. Did it? Yeah, we were we worried the air conditioning might not be working right. Yeah, it's been on all night. That's why we're really not uncomfortable. Oh, good. Well, that's good. <laughs> See, that's a good thing. See, yeah. Um, but anyway, so we went to the Super Bowl that year, right. and so the song ended up being all over every radio station. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy crap! I'll never forget it. My dad, we were working, and my and my dad goes like this, and he turns his head, and he goes. Because my dad would always listen to DVE, you know, like I was like our. He's a good man. Yes, yeah, very. He's a very good man, and um, so it was so funny because like that was like our thing. Like we'd landscape and then we would go home and right. and then you know take the portable radio out by the chicken coop, <laughs> literally. Latrobe, Latrobe, and and play Bull badminton rock. and play badminton. Play badminton. Oh yeah, it was like or, there was it like badminton. How do you probably pronounce that correctly? Bat or badminton? Badminton. B-A-D, um, I believe, right? I'm asking should we you, go- you. Should we Google yeah, that? I, I'm asking you. I, I, I'm, I'm not a, uh, let's, a let's connoisseur go- of, of Batman or Jarts or any of those backyard games that were... It would be badminton for 500, Eric. Oh, so B-A-D. Mm-hmm, okay. Badminton. All right. So anywho. There we go. See, so, you, learn, you learn things on this show, friends. Exactly. It's educational. Educational. Um, so anyway, so we used to have so much fun like doing that, and so my dad used to always listen to TV. And so What's he, wrong with that? He had it on in the... No, God, nothing. I love right. it. I love it. Jim Crenn's actually a really good friend of mine, another one of my mentors. He's part of the protector, mm-hmm. the protector line of... God forbid anybody that wants to date me now. Like, it's going to be highly entertaining. <laughs> Sounds like trouble. It's, yeah. It Sounds like trouble. Um, you go. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, so he turns his head and he's like, Natalie, I think you're on the radio. And I'm like, <laughs> what? He was... No, I think you're on the radio. And he runs over to the truck and he turns it on. And sure enough, there I am. I'm everywhere. And so, um, so we got to play at the AFC Championship game, uh-huh. you know, at Heinz Field, and that was super fun. And then afterwards, ESPN, um, you know, awarded me for Fight Song of the Year, and I, I was, saw that. So I was the first female to ever write and record a fight song. Yeah, it's very cool. It was very cool. It was a lot of fun. Very cool. It was a lot of fun. So how did that? How did the was it black and gold girls? Yes. How, so that was that the next thing, or was the fight song separate from that? It was separate, but that's how um, that's how it began. Mm-hmm. There's many stories out there about that. 
So why don't you set the record straight then tonight? I absolutely will. <laughs> um, I was asking Tom and some other people. They they knew all about it, but they all had different. You know, from our, our short conversation, I knew yeah. the story. I knew the story. Yeah. Which you're going to share, but yeah. everybody has a different opinion of what the hell happened there. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened? What really? So happened? I wrote "I Love Black and Gold," mm-hmm. and um, you know, the person who helped me get it recorded. Um, seemed like a really nice, like to, like totally great, like family guy and everything. And I trusted him, you know. And um, it's the music business, right? Um, you know, or any business, I guess. And uh, so especially gonna, the music. business. It's going to require some more. <laughs> Fair For enough. Sure. Fair enough. Thank you. You are most welcome. Uh, so anyway, I uh, I was I was after. After the the song and after the award and everything like that, and um, it was it was that summer. It was the following summer, you know, one year later. Right. And my dad decided that he wanted to frame all of his terrible. To- this is hilarious. <laughs> but he wanted to frame all of his terrible towels. And What's he wrong want- with that? Well, no, but this is what's funny. So he wants he wanted to have them as the ceiling. And you should see oh. my dad's bar. It's all Steelers and Rolling Rock, and he's so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but Eric, you should come and see this. Like, it's, All right. he literally, he, he's so artistic in a way. Like, I suck. I can't even draw a stick figure. But my dad is super talented. Like, he'll take a piece of wood and he'll, like, burn the outside. It looks like a real wooden log. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, something you would see at a fancy lodge in, like, Aspen, mm-hmm. Colorado. Mm-hmm. That's what, like, the basement looks like in my parents' house. But it's okay. a really cool bar. Okay. So, this was in the developmental stage of, of said bar. And, and so, he was getting this idea that he wanted, of course... Of course, me being his little sidekick, you know, I had, I was, you know, in charge of doing all these projects with him. So we were hanging these terrible towels on the ceiling and I'm holding these up for my dad and he's, you know, drilling them in and I'm thinking about all the stats and the facts that I learned from the song. I was the first female to do it. I knew that we had the highest percentile of female fan base in the world. Mm -hmm. I learned that from doing this song. Um... I also know in my own experience because I would never miss any game, you know, because that was that was my bond with my with my dad. Sure. You know, so we sure. would talk about, you know, oh my God, did you see this? I can't believe this happened, you know, whatever in all sports. And so even when I was on the road all the time, um, it was harder for me to find like the Pens game and like right. I don't really watch baseball on TV. You what? I don't really watch baseball on TV. Show's over. <laughs> That's okay. It's the truth. It's the truth. But I love going to the games. I do love Everybody going to the games. Everybody says that about baseball. Everybody says that. I do. I don't know why. I, I don't like watching golf on TV either, but I love golf. What? I, I, what? To teach their own. Golf? You know, but anywho, regardless. Yes, yes. Um, so, you know, but I, lo- I love hockey. I love football. So, okay. So, good. <laughs> so, I never had a problem being able to find a Steelers bar. No matter where and, yeah, I was touring. There's thousands of them. Correct. And I knew that too. And so I put all that to kind of together and I thought, man. And I thought about, you know, at first, you know, things go through transitional thinking, thought, creation, idea processes, right? When you're developing something. Okay. And <laughs> as you know, and at first I kind of thought, you know, like, Look at the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Look at all the cool things and events that they do. They're very involved in a lot of charity things. It's a big operation. And so at first, like that kind of came to mind. And then I thought about a lot of like merchandise, you know, and Mm. that kind of stuff. And what really got me and sparked it was going, man, like 
there's always different variations of this damn terrible towel. We need one of those. That could be the first thing, you know, to, you know, break in or whatever. And so anyway, I, I went up and met with, um, with that same gentleman and he was like, oh, it's a great idea. You know, I think it'd be wonderful. And he goes, I'll tell you what, you know, you run it and I'll back it. I'm like, okay, great. You know, we'll start the towel. And like, you know, starting to think about different ideas and whatever. About like a week later or so, he wanted to get a, a family member involved because she had a marketing background and everything. And I could tell she didn't really care for me since day one, you know, maybe a little bit, but mm-hmm. we were just very different. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've seen these looks, I've been in these situations before, and I could tell, you know, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. And, uh, you know, so it was kind of okay at first, you know. Um, <laughs> But, you know, the writing was on the wall. The writing was on the wall. And it was, you know, I would have these great ideas, but when I would like say an idea, it would be kind of like two against one. Maybe they didn't like it. But then the next week, she would introduce an idea and it was like the same freaking design yeah, or same, yeah. you know, but maybe just a small variation. And that was all well and good too. And hey, whatever, it takes a team effort, you know, cool. And, but, um, you know, what's funny is, is that, you know, What's fair should be fair all across the line, and you know. And sometimes um, you go through hard things in life, and um, you know, uh, you know, McFadden's became our home base, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, so like my face was splattered all over the place. I apologize, to anybody who had to say about that for like <laughs> a few years, but I, mean, I was everywhere, and so we would go down, and so, of course I would be on the bar, I'd be in the DJ, but I'd be here, I'd be there, and then I would take my daddy to the games and stuff. Sure, sure. And I think that got frowned upon a lot, because when the games started, I would take my daddy to the, to the games. And, um, you know, uh, you know, and the, I think the, the nail in, in, in the coffin came when, um, you know, there was an opportunity to do the Jerome Bettis show, and mm-hmm. we went and we did it, and I brought my dad, and it was, it was really fun, it was so nice of them to have us on, and right. Um, you know, and it was a lot of it was a lot of fun to do that, and and we knocked it out of the park, and it was good. But things after that moment really went downhill. Um, you know, one of the members, you know, had a, had an ill mom, and she passed away, so she couldn't make it to a lot of these like button pass out things. We would do like the real women wear black and gold, because right. it was to unite, identify, and activate all the women all over the world that cheered all black and gold: Steelers, Pirates, Pens, Passion. All of us, right? right? There was um over a hundred thousand, you know, followers on our Facebook page, you know, but I didn't know I wasn't the techie person. Sure. I didn't know how to do I still don't know how to run Facebook. If it wasn't for Kayla, you know, right. she's my girl, man. Kayla, right. you know, um, right, right. you know, Kayla Startup, Startup Strategies, she's amazing. Um, she's she's my right hand. You know, I I wasn't in the right field for what I was doing and I was very green. I was kind of wet right. behind the ears still in the business world and learning and I'm a I'm a creator, you know. Sure. I can be a face, a spokesperson, a, a creator, um a designer, I'm the fashion, you know, person, you know. So that's kind of all very very me. Um but when it comes to like Facebook or following it or paying attention it's never really been my thing, right? You know, it's not my right. bag, baby, as mm-hmm. they say. And right. uh but anyway, so things kind of changed and and so it would seem like it was okay when when she had a, a a death in the family and we all picked up the pieces and helped. Um, but I went through something um, that same year, mm-hmm. and um, I, I am a, a woman that survived a, an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. and um, it wasn't easy. And especially for being being a very very strong woman 
it's very surprising probably for people to hear that. Um, but, yeah, but it is. Yeah, it but is. you know, sometimes people can get in your head and play on your insecurities, and I, I, I think that that's kind of what happened. And it doesn't even mean that the other person is necessarily a a bad person um, per se, but. It was definitely a it bad can. situation. It can mean that. I know. I'm always. I can't. I have a hard time being mean. Like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. I don't want you to be anything you're not. I'm yeah. Just saying but um. So I w- I was going through a really hard time. It was um. It was very hard, and I um. I needed to break free of a very bad situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't given that same slack, and so things got ugly. Got it. And um. You know, it got to a point where we really um, would only converse via attorneys. I, I think they think that this was all just their idea and that they had had this idea for years and that I was nothing and that I am nothing. And it's like, I remember sitting there with them and crying and going, because it meant something to me. Sure. I get it. It was my baby, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and um, and I knew what I was being told wasn't true right that's not that's not how this got started mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and whatever happened in between or whatever okay you know whatever but that's not i was the black and gold girl right you know and i didn't even dub myself that it was everyone else that did it right. was all like the media and the reporters and you know everyone mm-hmm. like, they're black and gold girl yeah. and it was like oh thanks you know yeah. right it means a lot thank you right. you know um so but, you, so you, you, know, walk, you basically walked away I did. I, so, I got a lot of irons in the fire right well, now. Well, and that and that's kind of how I want to make sure before we finish up. I want to make sure we cover that because you're. I don't know where you're finding enough hours in the day right now uh, to do everything, <laughs> but whether yeah. it's whether it's modeling, whether it's your your, we have a mutual friend, Frank Mergy. Yes, I love yeah. Frank. You're love the female Frank. Frank. I always say this because you're a spokesperson for everyone. You're you you go into a room and you captivate the room and and that's who you are. That's part of your persona. Yeah. You do a lot of other things, but you do a great job. So how you have other irons in the fire right now? I do. Yes, I do. Do you want to talk about those? Sure. I mean, we can. Um, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. It's so funny. And yeah, thank you. That's actually a beautiful comparison. And and Frank is Frank is such a great friend. You know, great and guy. He's a wonderful guy. He's a wonderful guy, you know. Um, and I just, God, I love that man to bits and pieces. Always mm-hmm. will, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I do. I have a lot going on. And, you know, it's funny because it almost can be or seem confusing to people. But really, when you get to know me and you step away and you look at it, you go, oh, I get it. She can do that because she's done X, Y, Z. Yeah, I think it's all really yeah. well Interconnected. I think is lo- I think there's a logical. I think it reads. I, I think whether it's your media kit, whether it's your resume, whether it's yeah. whether through a discussion like this, I think it all yeah. connects well. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah. I mean, I've got I've gotten out around town, you know, which mm-hmm. you know has been has been like so much fun to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, I really originally wrote enough content for a television station. Well, that was kind of where I was headed with it when we brought it up earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I wrote enough content to be a television station where, you know, Hollyberg, Cooking and Nat, you right. know, and like all these different programming. Um, right. But Nat Around Town would be little tastes of all of them in order to build up an audience. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I figured this could be in every hotel room. It could be everywhere. So mm-hmm. whether you're, um, you know, 
and I, I had it started to being taped as a television show. And then I decided just to launch it as this web series version just to get it out quicker to people. Mm-hmm. And then it has like, we're averaging like 5,000 views oh, per absolutely. episode. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm only in my 10th episode, right. which is nuts. Right. It's nuts. I was not expecting it to take off this quickly. Um, so, but it's been great. And, um, and, you know, it's it's beautiful, the camaraderie and bringing the whole city together. And, yeah. and you're having fun. I'm having a blast. And you're becoming educated. Educated, yes. And, um, yeah, and getting to know all these people better. And so, um, you know, I, it's going to continue to build. You know, right. so anyone, my audience, like, it's going to continue to build. It started with just the weekend rundown of what's happening on the weekend. Right. I'll keep that. I'll keep that. That's cool because I want y'all to know, like, what's going on. Y- yins. Yinsers. Not y'all. I'm sorry. I still I can't. I, I say y'all too. I can't. I don't know where you know. I came you know. From. Okay. So Kren tries to teach me Pittsburghese. There's. <laughs> if okay. anyone can do it, it's that guy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we go. We smoke. We're cigar smoking buddies, and so he's he's one of my dear friends. Yeah, and I don't find that a stretch. I that I can see that. Yeah, and and so uh, Kren and I will be like somewhere, and uh, and what's what sparked it is I had a, a couple cocktails. We were down at Burn. And we were talking to the guys at Burn, and we were leaving. And I'm like, "Oh, thank y'all so much. See you later." And he goes, "What the? F- <laughs> <laughs> thank y'all." He goes, "What the hell was that?" And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> "You know." And he goes, "Oh boy, no, 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 no. You can't be the black and gold girl and talk like that." And I'm yeah, like, Yins, "I'm like, I can't speak Pittsburghese." Yes, it's hard to, yeah, it is. It's so hard anyway, to, so he started right. to. There's funny videos and stuff of it, but he's trying. He's trying, oh, he's trying to <laughs> teach you. That's a whole web series in itself. It's so funny. You should see the videos. I mean, we released one. The others. I mean, I mean, the one where he's trying to teach me how to say the word house. I'm like house. He goes has. I'm like what? Has has. It's anyway. <laughs> Circling back. So not around town. You know, I want to start bringing on my friends like that. I want people to get to see Pittsburgh in the way that I mm-hmm. have been blessed to, mm-hmm. which is not your typical way. But I also want it to, to be able to help generate revenue and attention to small businesses, right. um, charity events. Um, like I think we've got something in now. I'm going to do some stuff with Saver Pittsburgh. So Good I'm going to feature some of their restaurants and then cover Saver Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want it to grow, 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 grow. I mean, if I had it my way, I'd love to end up becoming like the Jimmy Fallon of Pittsburgh, you know, and, um, you know, I'd love to like pick up like one of my buddies and, you know, whether it's, you know, like Jim Cren or, um, or Donnie Iris, another one of my cigar smoking buddies, um, who I've been blessed to know. And I want to pick them up and like, you know, sing along the six, a song in the car while we're driving and, and I'm talking to them and like, you know, then we can go to like, um, their favorite places in Pittsburgh. What's your favorite restaurant? We're going to go there. Right. You know, and then we make something with the chef or we do whatever. And I also want to get, you know, um, educational with showing everybody our old culture. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to, I can call, you know, Chris Hahn and have him open up the doors at two o'clock in the morning to Heinz Hall and be like, come on now, let's go. And I want people to see Heinz Hall the way I do. Right. You know, right. and, and um, you know, if you're relocating to the city, I want to be like, okay, hey, welcome to, you know, Morrow Park Apartments and I'm your realtor from XY Real Estate Company and so let me show you where this is. And I want to show Pittsburgh off from the restaurants, the bars, the happenings, the right. events, you know, right. and, you know, just make it's, it's it endless. more it's attainable. Yeah, but yeah, the potential there is endless. It really is. But you don't, do you think you even need television anymore? Because this is all new media. This is I guess powerful. so. I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I, like I said, I, I mean, I have access to the movie studio and I, you know, I, I thought that was the direction we were going to go in it, but 
this is working. I mean, so you know what? I'll just I'm gonna go with the, the web's flow. Very powerful. Yeah. And you're not restrained. You can do whatever you want to do. I know it's so. Fun. You can. Swear. I don't like being put in a box. Yeah, Eric. I'm aware. I like to be freebird. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware. Um, I'm aware. But yeah, so I mean, so that's been really great, you know, and mm-hmm. fun, and clearly that makes sense from my background and whatnot. Sure, and sure. um, I'm, I love to be a host, and hosting things is a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and. Um, You're also a corporate sp- spokesperson, right? I'm also a corporate spokesperson. So, um, you know, whether I'm doing something by myself or working, you know, in conjunction with Kayla, who does more of the strategic marketing mm-hmm. end of it. Um, I'm the face of the Pittsburgh Dental Spa, you know, right. have been for years right. very proudly. I love them so much. Love Dr. Right. Runco and Elaine and all the staff. And um, 40 foot Nat. The attack of the 40 foot Natalie on the parkway. Yeah. <laughs> Can't miss her. Good Lord. And, um, and yeah, I mean, so, you know, I do all their commercials. I, I write jingles um, mm. and I love storyboarding commercials. Um, you should see the storyboard I wrote for the Still Proud Project, by the way. Really? Yeah, it'll blow your mind. I think it'd be really great. We just got to get the funding up for it. Um, but regardless, circling back, uh, squirrel. Yeah. Um, so, squirrel. <laughs> so, squirrel. Squirrel. Um, I'm We've also. had no squirrel moments tonight. You've been very focused oh well, good yeah you've good, good, very, good. been very good um but i'm also the the face and spokesperson for studio booth um mm-hmm. which is a, an amazing salon and um full service salon and spa um oh, beautiful in east liberty right. um so very proud of them and their work and right. all their product lines and everything they've got shaken there i mean they're definitely like I don't care how old you are, and especially if you were like even younger or an, and even a guy, like that's like the place even to go. Even a guy. Even a guy. <laughs> that's a cool place to go. Even a guy. So yeah, so I'm, I'm the face of them. I've done a lot of stuff for Pro Suites too, which right. they're on the 49th floor. I have an office there. Right. Um, 49th floor of the U.S. Steel Building. 600 Grant Street, baby. Doesn't get any cooler than that. No, it doesn't. The, the view, view is there. beautiful. Yes, very familiar with oh. it. It's gorgeous, right? Um, so yeah, so I've got that kicking right now, and hopefully some more probably coming down the pipeline. Um, and then, of course, I have my Renew You, and Renew You. Talk about that. It's um, it's my image consulting firm, and mm-hmm. I fell into it accidentally just because of my past experience in modeling and having to learn how to style a photo shoot sure. and sure. how to pose and what looks good and you know how to style people, mm-hmm. you know, in different mm-hmm. body types and you know and whatnot. But more than anything. You know, whether you just want to get back into the dating world, maybe you haven't been in a long time, Mm -hmm. maybe you're a professional and you're taking on a new position, or maybe you've been kind of behind the scenes in a position like in the tech world, and now they want you to speak, you know, very knowledgeable about your product out in the sales force. So maybe there's a transition there that you need to prepare for. Right. Or whether you just want to hit the reset button. You know, Renew You can work across, you know, all, all, spectrums like it's for everybody male female my clients um age and sex and mm-hmm. and age from like 30 to 60s right, right, right and uh and it's been really wonderful and i think more than anything depending on the package you get and whatever i do like at home wardrobe stuff and take them shopping hair makeup all ending you know dating tips do's don'ts yeah, for those kind yeah. of people that need that you know and then all ending with a personalized styled photo shoot um that I put together for you that helps to basically take who you are on the inside mm-hmm. and then help to project that image to the world right. on the outside confidently. Right. And so a lot of it I've been finding is finding people's inner confidence and helping them helping them develop that and and be able to you know to display that, you know, and and to, I'm sure it's rewarding uh, to as well too. It really is. It really, really is. And 
I, I've made great, great friends, you mm. know, with my clients and mm. I'm so proud of them and I'm just happy to see them happy. And it makes me feel good to to see other people be the best that they can be. It really does. And you seem happy. I am happy. I am. I'm, I'm positive, Polly. Yeah, but you seem genuinely happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's good, right? It's very good. Yeah, very, you're in a good, good place. Yeah, I am. I am. Song coming out. We'll revisit that now. The song coming out. Uh, a couple, we don't like to date this, these shows here, but soon, real soon, like days away. Yeah. Song is, and again, just to circle back around. You wrote it, right? Yeah, yeah, I wrote the song. And so the Still Proud Project, that's going to be coming out soon. And uh, probably in the fall, maybe even around the same time as my album. And that's so, a, so that that's that song is about that's Pittsburgh's anthem, right? That is the anthem. Still proud is the anthem for the city of Pittsburgh. S T E E L. S T E E L. Still proud. You play on word there. That's good. That's Thank good. you. Ah, yeah. she's a thinker, Eric. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> I get that. I get that. So your play's been full. Yes, it's been very, very full. It's been very, very full. And, but I'm excited. You know, the single, I, I think the single is going to be a lot of fun. It's just a small taste of what's to come. And, you know, Veni Vidi Vici, you know, um, now getting to hear more of my story it probably makes sense as to why maybe I entitled mm-hmm. my album that. Mm-hmm. You know, I came, I saw, and I conquered. Mm-hmm. You know, life, the world, the crazy obstacles and hurdles that we all face in our own different paths and directions. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I want to, um, it's funny because, you know, I usually, I think my image is, is different than, maybe not different, I don't, I don't know, it's, it's different than who I really am sometimes. Okay. You know, I mean, well, you know that. I mean, yeah. I think that, you know, that's yeah. been sort of even told to you. Yes, by multiple people. Yeah. 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 What did they tell you? It's all good. It just, it's, she's, she's a, how did, how did our, how did our mutual friend put it? Mr. James Hauk. Okay. Said she's she's more complex than you think she is. Yeah. Peel the onion away. Yeah. And that's what we did. Yes. Right? Yes, totally. And I've had this squeaky clean image, you know, I mean, which I mean, I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, some people go, well, no wonder you're in a book with Fred Rogers, you know, of a reputation. Oh, we did not hit upon that before. We, we can't close the show. You, you, again, we, we touched on it, but so you, what, so... Legends of La Trobe. Yes. Yes. Don't be humble. Talk about it. <laughs> I mean, think about it. It's look look who you're with there. That's from pretty good company. It's it's, it's humbling, huh? Huh? It's crazy. How, it's, come, wait, how did you find out? I got a phone call. I got a phone I thought it was a prank call. All right. I thought it was a prank call. I was um I know uh, it's a, two two phone calls in the last few years that have been really crazy. It's been this and then and then and Greta, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> that was a funny story too. Right. Um, but yeah, I got a phone call from the author, and he said, "I'm doing this book um, on the legends, you know, from you know the last 200 years of the city of Latrobe, and I would like you to be a part of it." Latrobe. And I'm like, really? okay and um yeah and and so you know they did took my story and stuff and um i think i think the coolest i think the coolest part about being involved in that project is um he's a teacher Mm -hmm. uh, the author of this book and he uh his class his class he had them you know 
go through the book and pick somebody and then do a book report on them and then shop for the book report. You know, you That's dress crazy. like them. I mean, you know, it's elementary school, so, you know, you dress up like them. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and I had two little girls pick me out of anyone in the book. That's pretty cool. Right? And and so they dressed up like me and they did a report on me and, and I just was like, wow, man, like that was, that is more rewarding than any of those sure. rewards, you know, and yeah, accolades sure. and, sure. you know, awards that I've, I've received. I mean, those reaching, reaching the youth like that is, is so cool. Like you yeah, can't no even doubt. describe that, I, yeah, you know, it's imagine. very moving. It's very moving. And so if, if anything that I can do that with how I grow in my career can, can do that and to touch them yeah. and help inspire somebody or let them escape from a, a, a bad time in their life mm -hmm. or or move them in some way or help them in any way or um let them hear how i i've really come up in all this and maybe it can help somebody else mm -hmm. then then that's why i do what i do you know i, I want i want my life to mean something someday mm -hmm. not because of the awards that i have because this that man that stuff goes away i mean that means nothing so to end this when it's all said and done, yeah. what do you want to be remembered for? Wow, that's a really deep question here. I know. Isn't it good? <laughs> that's a good one, isn't it? It is a good one. I, I, not, not, yeah, how I say this? Not so much what's on your tombstone or like nonsense, but yeah. how do you want to be remembered? When it's all said and done, whether you're 60, 80, you're maybe you'll live to be 100, you might. But if you want to look back and someone's going to look back on your life, mm -hmm. what do you want to be remembered for? You know, How do you want to be remembered? I will share this with you because I always tell people this. And it was something that was taught to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that it is a really beautiful thing that everyone should do. Mm -hmm. And I call it the rocking chair test. Okay. So if you picture yourself in your 90s and you're sitting on a front porch on a beautiful day and you're in your walking chair and you're just kind of going back and forth and you're looking back at your life what do you see and that's how you should live your life every single day and you should be trying to reach obtaining those things that you see when you look back mm. so hopefully hopefully I get to be remembered for being a wonderful mother someday Mm -hmm. um, That'll happen. A wonderful wife. Mm -hmm. um, I want to be remembered for being, um, you know, a great a great person inside and out. Someone who got to touch the lives of other people, maybe help inspire other people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I want to be remembered for being energetic and being strong. That will be at the precipice. That'll be at the top, probably. My guess. Well, and oh, yeah. uh, and the life of the party for sure. <laughs> that might probably right underneath it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and to make people laugh because I'm just honestly deep down a, a giant goofball, you know. So. All right. So remind everybody how they can obtain the new song. It's going to be across all music platforms, everything from Apple Music, Spotify, um, Pandora, yeah, Google Play, everything, everything. It's mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. It's there. And the title is again. Burn it down, burn it down, down, down. You got to hear it. I gave you a preview. I certainly did. Yes. Yes, I did. Go buy it. Yes. Go Thank buy you. It. A 
Um, Apple, Apple, Google Play, Spotify. Don't stream it. Buy the fucking song. Buy the song. <laughs> Buy the song. No, this it's going to be great. This has been great. You come back and see me again? I'm going to come back and see you For again. Sure. On a regular basis, we should do this. We should totally do it. And, yeah. you know, when Veni Vidivici, um, you know, it's going to be coming out, I would say, sometime here in the fall. Right, right. You know, right. maybe mid fall, something like that. How and many songs you project for the album? Man, you know, I don't know because Take now it's starting, it's starting to really rank up now because Frizzy and I have some together that I've got mine by myself and right. then I've got um, my old ones. You know, it's definitely going to end up as, as a strong probably 11 to 12 wow. cut Good album. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, the real deal, baby. Right on. It's crazy, right? Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Eric. The show is great. Yes. Fantastic. And thank you all. Yes. Salute. Salute. <laughs>Hmm. So would you agree with me that... Oh, boy. I don't be... like that look on your face. <laughs> that look on your face is scaring me right now. I, you know, this is... Yikes, stripes. Mm, I know. So would you not agree <laughs> with me that okay. because of the legends of Les Troub, Yes. you are... Lumped is a horrible word, but you are associated... With Fred Rogers and Arnold Palmer and yeah. two very iconic gentlemen. Yes. And Fred primarily extremely like you know, reserve and yes. genuine, wholesome, squeak, amazing man. Squeaky clean. Yes. Squeaky clean. And that is really not really hundred percent kinda not really you. Yeah. Right? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't mean that in a salacious no, way. No, you're right. I just, you're, you know, no, it's, um, you're being associated with Fred Rogers. I, yes, and everyone always, which is a great company to be in. No, it's a great company to be in, and you're you're right. And I I do, I do really have that very girl next door, very squeaky clean image in Pittsburgh. I do, I do. Mm-hmm. But you know, to to know the real Natalie is to know that I'm I'm. I am much more raw and real. Raw, yeah. real, unfiltered a bit. Y- yes. This was unfiltered. This is why <laughs> yes. the great part about the show, it's unfiltered. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, it's hard for me because I've been, I've been living that, that, you know, that rep, you know, you know, very yeah. publicly for so long. Sure. And, um, you know, and I'm proud of that. And I'm not saying that that isn't actually part of who I am. I mean, for sure, you know. Sure. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, I am a little edgy, you know. I mean, I. Well, it's in your music. It is. Yes. In your attitude. Yeah. It, it's it's in yeah. it's pretty much it's in the advertisements it's in the mod, it's there. Yeah, it is. It's there. It is. And you don't, and you don't run from it. Yeah. And nor no. should you. I don't. I don't. I think. Um, I think that you know, just everybody, you know, I I I'll like it only goes so far, and then it's like. Get back, get back, get mm-hmm. back, get back. Well, it's, it's managed very well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. It's, it's, but you don't have, touch it. But yeah. you have to be. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it, um, you know, and that's all well and good. And, and you know, what's kind of crazy is that getting back to being an artist again mm-hmm. is really. Um, well, you dance around the edge of that now. There's no more dancing. Well, that's where that's 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 where yeah that's where music is today. Yeah, because it's like you can't I can't dance around it anymore. I have to be real, mm-hmm. and I have because if not, then your music is fake, and who the hell wants to listen to fake music? Right. I know I don't. You know right. I want to listen to someone's guts, right? Right. And um, 
And the truth of the matter is, is I'm, I'm certainly not boring. I mean, I, I like to have a good time. I'm fun. Um, I am raw. I'm real. I've been through a lot of stuff in my mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I am at the same time positive. Poly. <laughs> I am, you know, so I, Again, it goes back to the both sides of my personality, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Fred Rogers, rock and roll. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. maybe from the beginning we talked about having it all in life. Maybe you are proving that, but you can be both sides of the coin and make it work effectively. Yeah. Which I think that's hard for a lot of people. You seem to have your, you seem to be wrapped. Uh, you have you have that wrapped up pretty good. You got that figured out. It seems to be. Thank you. And yeah, I, it's something that. Um, I'm just being me. I'm mm-hmm. just doing me. I'm just being me. I mean, mm-hmm. when you meet me and to know me is, I hold nothing back, you know, and I am no, and, that, and that's, who I am. And I will tell you, you know, uh, getting to know you a bit before the show, yeah. which um, I don't get the chance to do that with all my guests, but this was good because you validated, um, which is why I'm, I'm impressed about, you validated that you are indeed exactly who you are. There was not one bit of, you know, what you presented tonight in this conversation we had was exactly what my impression is that who you are. So it's very genuine. And I think that that will serve you well. I really do. Well, well, thank you. And I hope so. I think so. I hope so. And that, you know, I. It um, comes across, I think. I want to make Pittsburgh proud. You know, I really Mm -hmm. do. And I think, you know, I I got to be a. a legend of Latrobe, but Pittsburgh is my home now, mm-hmm. and um, as well as sometimes South Carolina. <laughs> when, you, when you need some, a couple more, you know, we only get so many you know days of sunlight here. My right? heart sometimes gets very torn because I really do. You need I, to look up at I some blue skies home. once yeah. in a while, right? Yeah, good and weather. I love the water. Good I love weather. I love, I grow a fin if I could, you know. So I love. We have water. water. We talked about that, you know, yesterday. We have water here. We just have. You have to you maneuver between. <laughs> Some people do. <laughs> <laughs> Some people eat the fish out of that river too. I don't know, but that's what they do. Yes. Um, and no, nothing against any of that, but um, I've just been advised. <laughs> ever, ever the diplomat. Yes. 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 I have to be. Politics will be my next career. Oh, please. Um, but no, I, I want to make Pittsburgh proud. You know, I. Um, because it's given so much back to me, right. and I am grateful for absolutely everything that this city has embraced amazing, me amazing and and given to me. And I couldn't, I couldn't. My God, I mean, just it's. What is it about this town? This is an amazing town. It really is. The people are unbelievable. The whole thing quirky. Is just we have our own little ways. We have our we have our uh, Pittsburghese. We have all that yeah. stuff. And maybe it's you know to some outsiders looking in, we're kind of the butt of some jokes, and so be it. But right. in the end, it's just there's no place like this town. There really isn't. There isn't. There really isn't. And I didn't realize that until being and traveling and living so many other different places that coming back here and seeing that was like, wow, like this, you know, right? It's a cool, it's a cool spot, man. It's a very it's a cool, cool spot, spot, man. Yeah. Thanks, you. Salute. Thanks, Eric. Salute. <laughs> Benny Vidavici. There you go. <laughs>